Okay, what up, what up, what up? Welcome to the show. What is it? Episode 8. Episode 8. Being recorded on late Saturday evening, 2nd of December. We're into the festive evening. Uh, evening? Season. Season. <laughs> Season. And you've got myself, Ben. And Josh. And then we have a, a guest this week a as well. special guest. Introduce yourself. Hey everyone, I'm Claudius. And um, he's, he's going to go with help, like we do every week, go through the topics. Um, we've got lots to talk about this week. It's been an interesting week. Uh, as always, I want to start off with Brexit and give you a Brexit <laughs> update. Um, so last week we spoke about we spoke about them trying to get to the agreement on Ireland, get to the agreement on the, on the divorce bill, and we seem to be getting there. It's, I think they've agreed the numbers. Well, they kind of have. They've got far enough, right? So we, 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 what was it? Last week it went from 20 billion to 40 billion. Yeah. And now everybody at the start suspected it was going to be 50 billion. Yeah. Um, yeah. Which is what they've kind of indirectly, there's no been no full agreement come out. But the, the thing is, so it's hit 50 billion, but the strange thing about it is it's 50 billion and the UK will pay on its commitments as and when. So as and when they come up. Yeah. That's all they've said. Yeah. Um, which is kind of, but everybody seems happy about it. The EU seem happy about it. Apparently, within Parliament, they seem relatively calm about it. Somebody used the argument that the people, the, the Remainers, can't really say, well, we don't really... Uh, they brought back the fact that when they put out the big EU bus, which said, what, we'll save 300 mm. million a week, right? And said they can't really use that argument because it left out the fact we'd have to pay free, um, 50 billion, on the basis of if we remained, we'd have to pay nine billion a year for membership. Well, that that's not really a relevant pushback, is it? Because yeah. if you're paying for membership, you're a member of something. Yeah. Fifty billion for a divorce bill. Again, I would not want to be paying my wife fifty billion if I if I divorced her. It's simple as that. So that was a kind of a, a, a crappy argument. Um, but like they seem to be they, they seem to be making progress, and that seems to have all of a sudden unlocked the mystery of how we're going to solve Ireland. All yeah. of a sudden, they, they think there's a way there. And the worry of Ireland is that they're going to have hard borders, and they seem to be getting there. Um, I don't think they're getting anywhere. They basically just said that they're um, that that they think now that they've got a roundabout way that they're going to fix it. Which, to be honest, is all they were looking for anyway, right? They were looking yeah. for a roundabout number and a roundabout way to fix the island issue. The island issue can't ultimately be resolved until you get to the trade discussions anyway. So it's like I said last week, it's a chicken and an egg, right? Yeah. So now they've decided that they want to find the egg, maybe, which is the money, the golden egg, let's call it that. And now they can progress discussions. It does mean we should be able to move forward in December, though. Do you know what's funny? I'm not moving off of Brexit, but it is in line with Brexit. Even although Theresa May's government is in disarray and the Tories are in disarray, her actual approval rating has actually gone up this, this gone up this month, gone up by one percent. So um, last month it was thirty four percent, and now it's thirty five percent. And what's really funny is Corbyn's um, electability has actually gone down to thirty five percent. And it's like I think the public are now kind of siding with Theresa on the on her Brexit strategy, even though they haven't got one. And it's and I, like I said before, like I said last week, I expect I would expect Labour. To capitalise more on this disarray with the Brexit, still don't have a cohesive position on Brexit, like but, just across the board. If you're, even the Libs seem to have a whether you agree with it or not. My friend put it as they're owning it. They don't want it. They don't want to leave, and that's that's their position. So it's easy to throw yourself behind that. Yeah. Whereas when you think of, I think when you think of Labour, you still don't. You still don't think of certainty. Yeah. 
as as much as the as much as the Tory seems muddled, you roundabout know that they're going to they've been saying we're just going to carry it out. We're going to carry it out. It's a more assertive position and a kind of. I like Claudius. Mm-hmm. He, he put across the same point as I said last week, right? Is that from 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 a Labour's perspective, they need to be careful how far they push it. I'm not saying that they shouldn't exploit her, but the problem is, is if they go try and push it too hard, they'll be held to account. And I agree, they don't have a plan either. Nobody really has a plan how to deal with it. Doesn't matter who is in the position, we'd all be saying that they're doing a crap job. No, I was finding interesting. I was finding interesting that. And I don't think that Theresa. It's a tough job. I don't like my principal and aggravation with Theresa May is she did not get voted into this job. Yeah. She didn't get voted mm-hmm. in, right? She got in by default and yeah. nothing has ever changed that. And I don't think that she has shown any capacity to be able... She's not even trying to be her own leader. She's just trying to be Margaret Thatcher in 2017, right? She's not really pulling that off. She's not really pulling off any side. So, I, and I, I find her quite I'm gonna give a leeway, hard to like. I'm going to give a leeway this week because of uh, <laughs> something else. But we'll come back to, we'll come to that when we go leeway because of something else. Of, overseas. When we go overseas, we'll come back to Theresa May and why well, I'm giving her a few brownie points this week. But, yeah, moving on. The big story this week was um, Prince Harry eventually... No, Prince Harry getting engaged to his um, American sweetheart, is it Meghan Markle? Meghan Markle, yeah. Meghan Markle. And Meghan Markle, if people don't know her, she's an actress that acted in, acted in the suits. She's quite famous in the suits. And um, there's a big hoo-ha, uh, mainly because she's American, she's a divorcee, she's mixed race, and she's not baptised. <laughs> no, 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 that doesn't cause an issue. The fact, Sorry, that's no, not no, causing saying, unrest, the fact that she's not baptised. I'm not saying that causing unrest. No, I'm it was the same, thing, the same thing with Kate. She had to be baptised and recognised by the church, and oh. confirmed by the church as well. No, but I wasn't saying that, I was saying that... Okay, so the, the, the thing that caused the outrage is because is, is she's mixed race. I, well, well, to be honest, where, no, no, no. Where has there been outrage? So there's been, there's been stories. Yeah, there's been stories. I'm not saying outrage. I'm saying um, there's been, like, not outrage. It's run, but it, it's it, it, interesting. It's, it's, yeah, it's changing things up, like, but I don't think it's caused any um, unrest or, or outrage. See, I think there's been a lot of outrage or outrage that hasn't happened. So I've seen a lot of sort of the think piece kind of Things about how people are reacting to Megan, and I actually seen people react react to Megan. I, I didn't expect there to be any. I just didn't think that anyone would give a crap. I think most people want that bank, extra bank holiday, which we're not going to get. Yeah, we're not getting. And and the Archbishop of Canterbury has come out out and, and endorsed this as well. So I don't think it's getting any unrest. I mean, look, I think I think the media wanted to make it something mm. that it's not turned out to. So that's why they used the clickbait headlines, which you know I'm not a fan of, yeah. which yeah. said she's a divorcee, she's mixed race, she's from the States, da 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 anything that they can find. The baptism thing is just a standard thing of, of marrying into um, the royal family. Yeah. Um, and I think they wanted to see some unrest there, and everybody seems to just be excited about her. Uh, there was an interesting one. I found this earlier. Um, I'll put a clip for her under the show notes. But that Alison... What's her name? Alison... Hammond, I want to say the yeah. one that was big, uh, big brother, the black lady, the big yeah. woman who just, oh, it was in, yeah. She's on this morning now, yeah. right? Yeah. And she does the interviews. So he, they had their first royal visit in uh, Nottingham this week, didn't they? Yeah. <clears throat> it was Friday, Thursday, maybe. And so he's he's being interviewed. Obviously, Harry's coming down this line, and he's being interviewed by loads of people. And she's like, and you, they're egging her on in the in the film. She's got it on her ear. She's an excitable person, anyway, right? So them egging her on, saying, "Oh look, you're near the front. Go on, go on." So she's trying to push through. So now she's getting egged on. So now her excitement is being pushed forward, and so she gets to a point where she can see. She's like, so, "Well, first of all, she says something like." 
Harry, Harry, come over. You're live on this morning. Not sure that that is going to entice anybody, first off. Um, but then, when he gets there, there's a brilliant clip where he actually, I mean, he obviously knows who she is because he, see, he says her name, but he fully, I mean, it's a full-on dodge. This is a, this is a Matrix dodge. He, he full-on, he sees her, she tries to get him on the mic, he dodges to the side. There was a Twitter, there's a couple of uh, Twitter posts for it, which obviously make gifts and stuff out of it. Dodges to the side. Oh, Alison. And then literally loops out from where she is and then loops back to the normal road to continue his interviews afterwards so nice, I, nice. <laughs> it was a good dodge to be fair it was a good dodge he's got skills um so there's a what but what was there so so the back yeah the baptism one was new to me to be honest and there seems to, and there's some up in the air about people were confused about what she's going to be referred to as well um so she's like kate because she's not of royal blood she Duchess, will she? be yeah she can't be princess so megan so she'll be princess yeah. no she'll be princess henry of wales so she'll be princess henry of wales yeah really yeah wow. so what's kate Prince, uh, Prince, uh, Princess Kate of... No, she's not. She's not Princess Kate. Duchess of Cambridge. No, she, no, she's Duchess of Cambridge, but as far as princess goes, she's um, Prince William of uh, Wales. She's Prince William of Wales? Yeah. So when, she, so, so when, he, be, so when he becomes king, what should he be called? Uh, Prince. Should we call Queen William of Wales? Queen, Queen William? I guess so, officially. Because even, even Princess Diana wasn't that. We called her Princess Diana afterwards. But oh, she okay. wasn't... That wasn't what she was officially known as. Oh, so she was known as... She but was Princess Charles of, Charles of, of, Wales. of Wales, I guess. That's nuts. Yeah, yeah so it's a, it's a it's a thing that so so like Princess. What what have you got? So like Beatrice. Let's use her as an example. Yeah. I don't think I don't know if she's actually going to become princess, but she would be able to be referred to as that because she is born yeah. within royal blood. Yeah. I didn't know about this until this week. Um, I don't think there was there was a couple of other things that I tweaked out. Well, I didn't want to spend too long because I, I don't care that much when I found out <laughs> the fact that I don't get uh, I don't get bank holiday for it's going to be televised and I don't get bank holiday. And to be honest, when I say I don't care that much, all all happiness to them. Right, yeah. he's settled down. He's found somebody. Yeah. I have no concern with the fact that she's divorcee and she is allowed. To, and they are. There was a bit of up and down on whether they'd be able to have a a church wedding. Um, because I know that when you're divorced, you can't... Yeah, yeah, Westminster Abbey, I think, was the big issue where they were saying maybe not because of the divorce. But they've apparently said, yeah. Well, it doesn't make any difference. So I found out because I didn't know about this because I, I just thought when you're a divorcee, you weren't allowed to get married in a church again. Mm. But in 2002, the Church of England changed that and you can get married in a, in a church at the discretion of the, the priest. Okay. Who obviously isn't going to turn down a request from the royal family. So... Yeah, I mean, <laughs> um, all right, so... I was trying to segue this before you um, you cut me off. Let's see where you go with this. Uh, talking about someone dodging something, um, there was a suicide this week in The Hague. Uh, was it? I can't, I can't say this guy's name. I tried to say his name. Um, Every time I try to say anybody's name for okay. anything, I know I'm, I'm going to... I'm, so I'm my, my, my reading of this is Slobodan Prajak. Yes. I think that's pretty good. Yeah, I'd say so. I bet it's completely wrong. Definitely Slobodan. Slobodan. Alright. So Slobodan this week. No, Slobodan this week. Okay, before I jump in, I'm trying. I'm going to slow down. So Slobodan was in um, the Hague this week. In a, um, crimin- he was being charged as a war as a war criminal, and uh, he had he before he took the poison, he had a speech saying Slobodan talking talking in the third person. Slobodan Prilek is not a criminal. Well, I think this was actually the response to his appeal. And he did. And it's weird because you can't watch it. Because, well, you can watch it. You can watch him... You can watch him up to there. Well no, well, no, you can watch him up to the point where he says that. Yeah. And they kind of try to cut it when they take the vial. And then it cuts to the, the presiding judge who's just kind of 
what's, what's going, going on, on here? What's going on? Yeah. Um, and then says, right, closed, curtains down, everything. And then, I mean, they took him to the hospital. They rushed him to the hospital. He did die. He died. Later. Um, but what I understand is, how did he get the... I don't know, because it looked like it was in a shot game. glass that he was having as well. It didn't even yeah. look like a vial. Like, how did he get in? It's like, and it was just sitting there in front of him, like the way he looked up, is if he was sitting there with it in front of him, yeah. just ready to go. Like I don't, he obviously knows what's coming. Yeah. He's decided I'm not going to accept this because this is how he's prepared beforehand. Mm-hmm. I mean, when I'm reading into it, there's no easy way to get this in. They're like, yeah, there's two double checks to get through. I'm like, I don't, I just don't, I don't really understand. I mean, apparently Dutch authorities are investigating how he smuggled it in. I don't know what, what they're going to find. I, I find it very strange that somebody can. Get away with sneaking poison weird, into a courtroom. Because you could do anything. You could have brought in um, acid, or, and it's, it's all those things. I don't. I just don't, I just don't understand it. But he dodged his um, sentence. Well, I don't really. What, what he is it? Is it? Is it I know you segued with the. He dodged it. He is dead. So yeah. there's, there's there's a degree to which you can use the word dodge. It's uh. It does descend. I don't know which one is even the lesser of two evils there. All right, circling around from um, from the Hague and moving over to Africa. Um, the big story this week. Um, if, you, if you go on your I've Facebook, had your head in the sand. Go on, go, if you had your head in the sand, if you go on Facebook, if you go on Twitter, um, is the is the slave trade in Libya, and I'm kind of like I've looked this week. I've been going back and forth on this slave trade, human tra- human trafficking. I think the, all the outrage is the visceral response t- to seeing black Africans as slaves. Because of, and the reason why I say that is because when we see Chinese, Chinese people in human trafficking, we don't have the same visceral response as if we see black people and the word... But well, when do you see Chinese people in human trafficking? We do see it on when they, when they have the, um, the news shows Chinese people trafficking or Russian people trafficking. Not or, often. Not often, but it does happen. We don't have the same visceral response as seeing black people in slavery, and that's 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 my only two cents there. But you guys can discuss it. Well, I mean, I, well, I didn't really take that light on it. So it came so it came off the back of a CNN. Um, they want to call it. In uh, one link said link to the documentary. I'm like a six minute report, dude. It's not a documentary, um, but nonetheless, there's a, so there's a CNN report where a reporter managed to get in to one of these so they think that there's one I mean she reports that there's one to two of these auctions every month now yeah. when she goes there's two on the same night and then basically like it's just, the video just shows that it's basically just like a hut yeah. outside and I think in the one that the quote that they use there is look big farm boy and it, I think the vote go, it starts at 400 and then it goes to 700 800 finishes at 1200 but it's for free people so it's, it's 400 dollars a piece which is what they used in the in the headline um <clears throat> Now, see, my it's not my issue with this, uh, it's, uh, not at all. I think the the response is is good yeah. that it's come out. Obviously, I mean, it's come out. Well, it was like when they say last month, they said last month. Now it was October. They put this report up, so I'm not really sure why it stayed under the radar yeah. for for this long. I mean, now that it's been brought to public attention, um, you had this week leaders of Libya, France, Germany, Chad, Niger. And four other countries they put here, but I don't know who they were, agreed on a plan to ac- um, evacuate a number of migrants, right? Mm-hmm. But this is fundamentally happening because Libya is almost like the central funnel out of Africa yeah. into Europe, yeah. right? So my concern, as somebody I think posted on, um, made a post on Facebook this week, which a lot of people did, 
Um, and one of the guys came out and said, oh, don't confuse yourself that this is the only place that's happening. Uh, I'm inclined to agree with him with this. But my, the thing is with this, and it's the same thing when you have the sexual harassment thing, right? If somebody just tries to take a knee-jerk action and thinks that that's going to fix it, it's not. The problem here is fixing, one, the issue of migration, right? And migrants wanting to leave the country. And then in doing that, you've got the problem that you need to stop them wanting, wanting to leave their country, yeah. right? Which means the EU has to find... Might, well, not the EU, sorry. The UN needs to find a way to pump money into these countries mm-hmm. to make them countries that they won't flood from, right? Yeah. Because you can go and fix... Evacuating the, the migrants, fine, but you're going to put send them back to their own countries, yeah. which they've already, already tried to get away from, right? So let's say they try again in a year, two years, right? And you fix the funnel in Libya. But then they'll need to find another channel. So my concern here is if you only focus on Libya and you focus on getting people back, then Libya will just be replaced by another country and the slave traders will just cross borders with them. The the response to this has been weird, man. Like, I get people's revulsion at it. That makes perfect sense. Um, Human trafficking, or I don't mean actual slavery. I don't mean someone works in a, a it's bad working in kind of inhumane conditions, say like Dubai, I have really strong issues with Dubai because of just that, that very thing. But actual slavery happens all over Eastern Europe. We see girls come in. I did a film on it a few years ago um, where it's about essentially girls being taken and then being thought to end up being sexual slaves, essentially. But this has moved really quickly in, I mean, how long is how long? What a week! This has been. This has moved in really quickly into people. It's, it's becoming a bit annoying on every single topic where your political sort of ideology has to come through. Whatever cause happens, so I think today I saw people flat out saying, "Well, it's not even the Libyans who are doing this is fault. It's, it's Obama's fault." Yeah. What? Yeah, <laughs> say, it's Obama's fault. Yeah, not, not he's indirectly because of a disturbance. Can you can you explain to me how they took this logical triple jump? Uh, this Obama, Obama's quoted saying that um, Libya. They didn't have, they didn't have I I I see. I, I went and read that quote because I heard someone say that, and I went and read that because the quote that they said he said was, "It's my fault." Um, uh, it's my biggest regret. It's my biggest regret. Yeah going into Libya. Yeah. It's actually what he said. What he says was, his biggest regret was not having a plan after day one. Yeah. Even though, he actually reiterated it, even though he agrees and still does with the action he took. Okay. So it's the, it's the building process. But even so, the idea that if a country goes to crap, the first thing they do is resort to slavery, just can't be a, 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 a foreign well, leader's... Yeah, well, the thing is... The, it's a, so the reason that people can channel via Libya is because it's a failed state since yeah, yeah, yeah. since right yeah, yeah. so if you remove that they would just go somewhere else and and arguably they, then it would just be distributed slavery so so that's not anything but, but, to point but if it, well, like I say if it wasn't Libya it would be somewhere else and it, it is other places it's, it's just not as it's yeah definitely other places. yeah before before um, Gaddafi was gone he was detaining loads of um, sub-Saharan Africans in prisons in in centres yeah I remember watching. Watching program sounds really childish, but I remember watching a lot of documentaries around the time when Gaddafi was in, of them just showing you through kind of like the detention areas. Yeah. And it, pretty much at the time, I was younger then, but I remember thinking at the time, this guy kind of is using, he's gonna use this as a bargaining chip. Of course. It's like, give me funds. I'm pretty much the gatekeeper keeping, and he, quote, he quoted as saying that 
to the I I'm think it was to out. the EU saying, yeah, I'm keeping them out, blah, 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 blah. But um, I don't see a solution for this anytime soon. But this is, this is the problem, right? There's no, and because and I said, so the UN can't get, no. look, let me be clear. I said what the, the, the kind of idealistic resolution would be, but the UN can't, nobody can pump money into these countries. I mean, there's, there's fundamental changes at an infrastructure level that need to be made, right? Now, you can, you can fix the issue in Libya. Now, if you don't have one kind of, they've almost, it's like, it's literally like a bottleneck because the, because it's about to say, and it's right there on yeah, the pinnacle to yeah, get into yeah. Europe, right? It's the easiest way to go in and it's the most logical from a geographic point of yeah. view to go into, right? But if you close off that funnel, then this just becomes distributed everywhere. And the yeah. reason that this comes to bay is, is because it happens so much in Libya, people become aware of that and go in to report on it. Now, yeah. if it happens in small pockets everywhere else, then it becomes almost, it, it becomes black market trade done behind the scenes that you just can't get to the bottom of. And this is why I, the, the response to this week's news is also made me feel, I get a bit frustrated, is that you see people saying, sending around petitions, saying, please sign this petition, to put pressure on the Libyan government. I'm like... What that petition, that, is, is, no, 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 that wasn't. That petition was actually, so I get the reason of them raising the petition because, uh, interestingly, the, the UK didn't seem to have much input into this discussion, but obviously, because are, they are still fundamentally in the EU, right? Yeah. The actual petition was to get the atrocities that go on in, in there discussed in government. Oh, now, so I get okay. what they're saying because it says basically that it's being discussed and it's being accepted and acknowledged in this country, right, when people sign up to that petition. Unfortunately, how much value it can add being discussed by this government... Absolutely not. But exactly. Not, this, not, this is, I, I this is the thing. Slavery period, like, just basic history teaches you it's not a diplomatic resolution yeah. when it comes... It, it's a forceful... Resolution when let's talk about what is it, 1838 or something when the UK abolished um, slavery. When it did that for the UK to outlaw it was one thing, getting all the other places to agree took some sort of agreements and treaties, but it actually took the British Navy going out there and physically stopping it. There is no resolution, but most of the people I've seen writing petitions are the same kind of people who are very wary of any sort of military interventions into areas. But in all seriousness, it, it, it's it's a for, it's going to have to be a forceful intervention. I'm not saying go to war over slavery, but I am saying, realistically, it's going to take force. It's not going to be what, what stop doing right. it. People say um, interve um, direct intervention leads to war. I'm not, I said I I said well two weeks um, two, um, two, a month ago two months ago. U.S. soldiers would die in Niger when um, U.S. are doing we're doing military exercises. Yeah, in but Niger. this goes on. This goes on all. Of, I don't know. So I don't. I don't know why I haven't spoken to anybody who who said that. I don't. I don't understand that statement. So if you go, so direct intervention. If you go in with two political powers, which clearly disagree and don't see eye to eye. So direct intervention in North Korea is going to start a war. Exactly. Direct yeah. intervention into a country, a failed state, which has no controlling government. If you're going in and your direct intervention is into detention camps yeah. and going out into the country to understand and uh, and get where this happens, that doesn't lead to a war. Yeah, Firstly, war. there's no one to have a war against. Yeah. Secondly, if you consider when we went into, and I'm not saying, every, you could you could have all you want about the back and forth about whether it was right to go into Iraq or not, right? But 
the point of the matter is, if the US troops, there's a reason that the US troops had to stay for so long, because they had to train the Iraqi troops, they had to get them back up to speed, well, not even back up to speed, get them up to some level where they could leave the country yeah. and it wouldn't be overthrown again, yeah. right? So there are, I, people may not like it, but that direct intervention, for me, only causes war if you're going into it in the, where there's already political unrest and you're likely to spark a war anyway. Exactly. If you're going, there, there can be direct. It's ridiculous to say that you can't have direct intervention that has positive outcomes. Otherwise, we might as well just accept that every problem in the world can't be fixed. <laughs> you know, you say something, Kevin, and you are right. Yeah, but unfortunately, people outside. I haven't got... I and to be clear, every say, problem in the world opinion. can't be fixed, right? Yeah. Because if every problem in the world is fixed, the only way to fix that is to live in... And it just... I told you I've been reading 1984 yeah. this week and it's so reminiscent to so many different things and, and films I've seen afterwards. But the only way that you can have a society that could live without problems would have to be in a controlled society. And then the fundamental problem would be you would lack freedom and that would be a problem in itself yeah. anyway. Yeah, so there's no way to fix every problem in the world. We've, because we've made the idea, the ideals of... Let's just call it Western civilization, what analogous to lib to liberal to liberalism, which people have now sort of made analogous, and I will say they have, to imperialism and some form of colonialism. Every time a Western power, which it will essentially be, if you talk about going into actually in, into places, talks about going in, people are now wary. The first thing that they'd say if you even tried to intervene in Libya now you'd get the same sort of kickback that you got last time from the public which is we're wary of people going in we don't know what you're going to do it's probably about oil even countries where oil just isn't a factor of it i've heard people debate oil with afghanistan it's not a factor in afghanistan but you get those kind of arguments there's there's now just an, you could say it's post iraq or whatever that's why but that seems to be the go-to for everything I'm almost to the extent where I'm, I, I would never want this experiment to happen but if you could have a World War II, I hate to do this, but World War II situations, and you literally saw how like Japan essentially just became became America essentially, and yeah. so did places like of the Korean War, like South Korea, those kind of approaches couldn't happen anymore because the whole conversation would just be about oh, but this is an occupying force, this is occupation, this is occupying force, this is occupation, and so you wouldn't even, you wouldn't get to these sort of new democracies springing up. So there's almost no hope for places like Libya to even come out, I think, of a failed state sort of situation. Because who's going to do it? Who's going to rebuild it? Well, Who can do it? Well, well, it depends, well, it depends here. Sorry, just to... to you know, it's, it depends, again, what your direct intervention is to fix here. Because right. you've got two forms. So the story's come up. We're talking about slave trade here, yeah. right? Of migrants. So... One is to intervene to fix that, which doesn't necessarily need military force, right? Arguably, actually, what that needs is... I want not wanting to use this word because you can debate the, the morality of certain charities, but you really need to chuck big charitable causes who can go in there with real boots on the ground and be able to do something in these detention camps. Because this is what's happening. The detention camps are getting full. They're being farmed out to these, what, let's call them mini, like almost slavery factories, mm -hmm. where they're then being auctioned off, right? Um, but then the problem is, is what do you do? You send them back home. Well, if you send them back home, how do you stop them going back? So again, that's one problem to fix. I don't know what the answer is to that. But what I'm saying is the fundamental way to resolve that is not simply to fix Libya. But fixing a failed state in Libya is a complete, is a directly different issue. It may be a contributing cause to why we have this problem, but that's a completely separate issue. And that one 
yes, it, well, I'm not going to say that it doesn't need intervention to fix, but it does need very calculated approach to... Because the problem is, is when you take direct intervention, and what you said about Obama is, is a traditional mistake that people make is they don't fully strategize out their plan. So you have a day one. Arguably, this isn't being prompted as the same way as it was with, with Gaddafi because you had to respond to an individual. But there is a problem there. But before you take the first step in, you have to know... Well, and, and Iraq is a good example of that as well. You have to know, this is a difficult word to use, but you have to know what success looks like. When yeah, I say no, what success looks like, you need to know when you have achieved your mission and therefore you can leave. And if you don't go in with that at the, fir at the first point, the problem is, is no plan ever goes to plan. And like I said, everybody's got plans to get punched in the face, right? If you get that with direct intervention, it's very difficult to then get it back onto any form of track. But then, um, being cynical, if you're, if you're Europe and if you're France and if you're France and UK or Spain and Portugal, where these migrants come into your countries, when doesn't Libya, the slave trade, serve as a deterrent to would-be migrants trying to get into Africa in the first place? very perverse one, but it, it, I, I won't it, pretend that it doesn't cross one. Yeah, it's, it doesn't serve as a deterrent. It's, it's like a necessary evil. Um, this, this, them getting caught for slave, if, 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 if I'm a sub-Saharan African now, if I'm in Nigeria or I'm in Ghana or if I'm in... Um, Niger, and I've seen people being um, being trapped, uh, kidnapped. Why, why would I take the risk? Well, no, no, I don't. Desperation. Yes. And I don't think, yeah, I, I don't think anybody sets out on this journey thinking that it's, they're looking to get to the end goal, which is to get to a European country, right? Yeah. They're knowing this is not going to be easy. They know that they could die on the path of it. So suggesting, and just to be clear, a lot of these people are going to be sitting in places where they can barely get access to this level of information. They're going to have already had this fed back. I don't think that this acts as any form of deterrent. I, I don't think it does. No, I'm saying for, I'm not saying for the Africans, I agree on that, but I'm saying for the Europeans, the Europeans are looking at it and that saying, well... Yeah, I know. I... No, I get what you're saying. I, 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 I think it'd be dangerous for them to assume that that it's going to have much of an effect on the numbers that are com coming through. Plus, this has been going just because we're aware of this now doesn't mean that this hasn't been that's folklore what, story. That's, that's what I'm saying. I'm, I'm saying is that the numbers that are coming into are my thing is this: if you stop the slave trade, yeah, you stop the, the tra trafficking yeah. and, the, and the criminal gangs in Libya, and you got rid of them. Well, then what stops? I know what stops the migrants more coming into that, into Europe. At the moment, you're, there's, a, there's, a, there's a funnel. You, you've got what I'm saying the funnel yeah. is the traffickers. They're they're capturing a lot of them. All the people being caught in the well, no, but, yeah, but this would be once you, once you get rid of that, then ha there'll be more people coming up. Yeah, but uh, they're not. So these people are not being sold into slavery in Europe. No, they're, sold, uh, they're being sold no, back into slavery in Africa. That's what I'm saying. And, or or um, the Arab states. I'm saying, uh, here I'm saying, the the traffickers are they're capturing a lot of the people that would be would be migrants into Europe. So it's like it's like a block. Yeah, but they're capturing them because they're stuck in the country. They're not they're not standing there with a. This is not like Taken, where they're standing there with a trap when they go to cross the border. So I don't. And 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 as much as I I will yeah in this instance, as much as I'd like to dig down and try and get the reality of of anything as well, let alone when we're discussing media things in here, I agree it would be a very perverse point of view for any of these countries' leaders to take. To suggest that, and it would be perverse of me to even make that suggestion of them that they're sitting there thinking, well, actually, this works in our favour. I don't think that there is. I mean, that is a full-on Hitler mentality way of looking at it. I mean, it's one of those cliche statements about having 
we do need a public, frank, and honest conversation. About but we, migration. Yeah, into I mean, I, I remember having a long debate with one, and just listening to her view on this was so. Diff- I mean, it's good to have different views, but her root point seemed to be because mine was essentially every time we send a bo- like, let's just talk about when we remember there's loads of boats sinking, every yeah. couple, like loads of people dying. I was like, every time we do that, that's good, and we have to do it once they're there. But the at some point we have to start saying, is it useful once we've saved people or whatever, to then bring them here? Because it's like saying, go risk your life, and once you make it, good for you. And if you die, tough, but you win the lottery and we bring you here. Yeah. Probably better for us to... Get them back. Yeah. And she couldn't get with that. For her, it was like, no, it should always, we should always be trying to just bring people in if they, yeah, but- once they make it across. And I kind of feel like the slavery response from a lot of people isn't going to be well. We should be looking to rebuild these places. No, I don't. I don't think it is. But this is, and and, and I and I don't think. <clears throat> sorry, excuse me. I don't think that that's going to be their view. But this is my problem with all of this, and and this is the problem with half the problems we face in the world nowadays. Everybody's looking to put a plaster on something rather than fix the break of the broken bone. Yeah, because what's well, I, I'm waiting. I'll see it. I'll, I'll check her Facebook. See if you put it. It's going to probably be. You're right. We should go in. And we should be breaking up these centers, but when we do, we should be bringing them over here. But then you can't. That's but then you can't fundamentally. Do it. So the problem is, is everywhere needs money channeled to it, right? Yeah. To look after these any any drive or initiative that you have. So if you start, and the thing is, look, the world does not just have fully exhaustive funds forever, which means you at some point in time, again, you need to fix the re- the root cause of the issue. And I don't think it is because there's nobody. I haven't actually spoken to anybody. I mean, I haven't had large discussions around this, but I haven't seen any comments on this that go, oh, well, actually, Libya is the route in and if you remove Libya it's going to move to somewhere else. Yeah. I've seen people saying yes it's happened in other places but then, then they've stopped at that I'm like okay yeah, now take one more fixed. step backwards so what is the fundamental root cause problem here is that you have migrants fleeing their own countries yeah. now and I agree with you if you then start talking about well going into that country it then needs to be well then you can't you can't be going into overall these countries because imagine you get any of the EU countries going to the African countries and start to rebuild then that is going to cause the political unrest of saying, support her, but I, I, and I get, and, I, and I'm with you on this one, but then you have a, a you, you're borderline, and well, you're not even borderline, you've got the story that's going to pop out on Facebook saying the white man is trying to rule the world. Re- recolonization. That's, that's going to happen, Re- right? Recolonization about saying, it's, about saying you're colonizing them. It's the, it's the race for Africa. But I, uh, to me, it's a strategy that, of how you rebuild the infrastructures in these countries. And again, yeah. it's, not, it's not an easy question. And I agree with you. Some of the problems in the world, we're just not going to be able to fix. Yeah. But you, it would be better to invest in trying to fix. I'm not saying you don't go into it. I'm saying you take a two-pronged approach to this. Yes, you have to address one of issues on this magnitude. You do, right? But there's no point in just ignoring the root cause. And my problem, my, 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 it's not my problem. My concern is when EU leaders come out and say, we're going to evacuate these migrants out of the detention camps, yeah. what happens is they go in and they clear out the detention camps in Libya and they take them all back to the country. And then they go in and they actually fix up Libya to stop these detention camps happening. And then all that People happens is every channel that became a central channel into Europe becomes one which is curved. They go to all of these distributed countries. And again, it goes back under the radar because it doesn't happen enough it's not at peak in any 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 country. Yeah, I mean that's the essential. He's not fixing the root cause. Um, yeah, I'll, I see. I I think this discussion on this has been um, brilliant. 
and both both viewpoints you brought up, I haven't really thought about. And Ben Ben made me go quiet for one second. And, <laughs> and Claude and Claude um, highlighted um, different historical um, concepts in it. So but moving on. Um, we spent quite a bit of time on that. Moving on, moving on to um, America. And before we go to the big juicy bits of America, uh, this week Trump. Do we want to start with Trump or do we want to start with Flynn? Where do you want? Start with Trump. We can start with Trump because we can clear this one off pretty quickly. Oh, so Trump got himself in trouble this week. Uh, he retweeted, um, I think, three videos from the Britain f- British First uh, movement in the UK. And for people that don't know, British First are an abhorrent group of uh, racists. They're not even like... They're, they're not even a fascist, like, they're, racist hate group. Yeah, Let's fascist, just say it as is. Yeah, they're a fascist, racist hate group. They're not even like a BNP. They're worse. <laughs> and, and it's really bad when you're worse than BNP. And they... Um, and it was their senior... What is she, their senior? Vice President. Vice President, President yeah. Vice President. She's, 30 years, she's 31 years old. She looks old. She's a vile person. Yeah. She's been arrested, what? She was arrested a few years yeah, ago for... Yeah, Aggravated religious assault. Like 31 and you're like, you're like that. Hate is... Hate is a horrible thing. Anyways, um, yeah, and... <laughs> and Trump, Trump re, re, um, retweeted her videos and he was called out on it. He was called out on it by Theresa May. This is why I've given her branding points. He called, called, she, was, um, she was actually forced to because the whole of Parliament's called, gone, out, gone, gone out Trump. That's been it, but I'll, I mean, I'll talk on that. If we carry on, it's just... Yeah. And, and yeah, the whole of Parliament's gone out, gone out Trump. Um, it's led to, um, it looks like Trump's working um, visit in January has been cancelled and all been dropped. No, it hasn't. It's pretty much they State it. visit. State visit. Hasn't been. So sorry. Let's get into this. Okay. Let's get into this. Okay. Okay. So hasn't been. So let's so let's so, let, so he he retweeted which to be honest when you think about it right he's retweeted them and if you look at the headlines of them is Islamists did this and Islamists did this so I don't think he's even I don't think he's paid attention to what account that he's retweeting it yeah. from right but then and so he's just seen it and gone well my view is that. Islamists are the problem for the world. Therefore, I'm going to retweet this, right? And he's done it three times for the same one. But now he can't really back down. And when I'm looking at it, I'm thinking, should we really be surprised that he did this? Because it follows the same rhetoric that he's always had, right? So I don't think we should be that surprised in it. But, so the state visit is an interesting one. Now, there, I mean, somebody said this may turn out to be the worst decision that Theresa May has made in her time in power to invite him over. Because... <clears throat> They're doing everything they can to delay it, but they can't put it. They can't put flat it. out put it off. Right? First off, she, nobody seemed to pay any attention. She didn't seem to pay any thought to what this would actually mean for the reputation of the queen herself. Right? That's not. She's not paying any attention to that. Um, secondly, this came out of time. If you think about it, this came out earlier on in the Brexit discussions, right? And even now. As we're going through the discussions, we don't know how trade's going to work. We've just about reached the divorce bill. And there was... So you see that she responded the first time saying this is wrong because there's political pressure and societal pressure that she needed to respond and say something. Then he came back and said, well, you need to focus on the... What was his response in in words? The the dangerous Islamists in in your own country, right? But she didn't respond to that, which she took some heat for, right? But now she's she's teetering in this dangerous position where I still think... She, she can't completely break the relationship we have with the states. So she needs to show that she disagrees with Trump, but she can't aggravate him too much because he is, in essence, like a petulant child. Like if you, if you, he's like the little five-year-old bully in the, the schoolroom. If you get on the wrong side of him, he'll, he'll never be your friend again. Yeah. 
So although I disagree with it, but this has all fundamentally come out because she extended the invite for the state visit in the first place. So they're trying to delay it and put it off, but they're not cancelling it. It just doesn't have a date now. I find this one really strange. Uh, on on that, once Theresa May put out the invitation, whatever, which she shouldn't, you, I, I agree. I think it was questionable to do that. And you do put the Queen in a precarious position. But listen, uh, look, the people who know me know I tend to... Uh, Full disclosure, I'll vote Lib Dems usually. Um, identify certainly as a, as, a, as a liberal in the true sense of the word. I wouldn't, not, not even a classical liberal or anything like that. Just a big old liberal. I find, I find watching people like Vince Cable, who I like a lot, and some other people flat out just saying, oh, she should be banned from coming. Almost just a bit hysterical. Yeah. <laughs> oh, just, just a bit hysterical. Because... I'm not stunned that Trump has done this. I don't think it's a million miles from everything else Trump has done. And we're not bad. The argument that I've heard is he's, he's promoting hateful messages by retweeting stuff on Twitter. He's not executing, he's not executing gays. And yet we, 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 are we going to pretend we don't just have people from nations? Who do that. Yeah on visits all the time. Yes, we do. And the liberal guy says Jack. Yeah. And it's not that he shouldn't say anything about Trump, it's just zero consistency. And it's, it would make sense if every other, like I think Caroline Lucas probably has stuff to say about this. So that would make sense. It would be completely consistent with kind of the positions. But I'm seeing people come out who say nothing to stuff like this. We've had Chinese but, premiers yeah, over. Yeah, we've, had, it, we've had protests against, against premiers of countries coming over here. But, but isn't it because it's popular to be anti-Trump? And it is, but that's, like, that's not like, good it's, enough, it's, man. But it's like getting simple, easy brownie points it's, on the constituents it's to, not to good be enough. anti-Trump. If, you, if, you're seen, if you're seen as an M, as a MP who's taking a stance against Trump and you think the rest of the country's um, the temperature in the country is against Trump, then it well, just looks like... Well, no, yeah, but I don't, I don't think like it's that. I think, I think, yeah. Well, 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 no, it's, it's not about not. principal stars. How many of these people are, are debating? So you'll see that there are protests against premiers coming over by the people who know about what goes on in this. Now, we can't, we can't out flat, make, flat out make an assumption. We, well, I can make the assumption that I know these people don't know about half of these atrocities that others have, have done, right? And they're yeah. not going out to educate themselves for yeah. it. We had this discussion earlier on in the week. Now... I, everybody, each to their own, but some people seek out more information than others. Now, Trump is news that you can't hide from. Therefore, everybody knows about him. And he's polarised views, right? That's why he's going to get this. But the premier that comes in from a country that people don't particularly know about unless they have close ties to her is going to have a small backing for people who will protest against her. It's I'm, just the nature of no, society. I'm, I'm, I'm not, this isn't a people um, critique. This is... A politician critique. I see people protesting those people all the time. So there's enough, like when Chinese Premier came over, I saw people protesting now. I've seen yeah. other people come over and people protest. I get it. Completely over. consistent. Those people yeah. will, of course, protest the idea of Trump. There's a consistent sort of flow there. But for, 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 for MPs to kind of essentially just grab low-hanging fruit and have such outrage at a guy retweeting retweeting something, but then next year or the year after, we're going to invite people who have factually done worse than retweet. And no racism's bad, you don't have to tell me, who've done worse than retweet something from Britain's First. And we're going to invite them over. 
and none of these MPs are going to say anything. Yeah. Vince Cable isn't going to say anything. Yeah. There's not going to be a call to ban those MPs. Uh, sorry, those, those leaders. And I find that a bit weird. And we're not going to break a relationship with America. The fact is, he's going to be in for four years, probably longer, sadly. That's probably what's going to happen. He's going to be in four, 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 you think four years? Yeah, he'll probably get the two terms, for all I know. And what, are we just going to not talk to him for seven years? Or are we going to say, oh, but he's, learned, he's not going to learn his lesson. He's going to keep doing this. So this, it's been a useless... It's just been a bit awkward to watch. Well, to, to be honest, so like the thing is... hard to get proud yeah, but about th- it. Th- this is... So this actually got flicked from Best of the Week. So I, I'm, I'm not taking it too seriously. It was in our Best of the Week session oh, yeah. because... And, and to be honest, it was in our Best of the Week session for the specific reason of we have reached a point in society where a PM and a president... I mean, he's got, he's got the same thing that he has with North Korea as well. Yeah. Yeah. But we are having political arguments. On not Twitter. we're having... The three yeah. of us are having political discussions on Twitter. We are having political discussions and arguments on Twitter yeah. between the, the leader of our country and the leader of the US. That's why, actually... So I, I don't pay too much attention to it because, again, it doesn't change too much about what, what, how Trump is going to behave. I do think that you're right. Politicians will focus on low-hanging fruit, but that's always going to be the case anyway. Yeah. Um, it is what it is. I, I like I say, for me originally, this was in best of the week. The only reason it got knocked out of it is because the one of the best of the week that we do, when we get to it is exceptional. So deserved a place of its own. <laughs> right. And then, okay, so then moving on from Trump, still same with Trump. Um, this week, um, the Mueller investigation moves a step forward. We've got another man. We've got Flynn. Well, we had Flynn already though. Yeah, but he's now fully admitted to everything. Yeah, so that's the difference. Um, he's fully admitted to lying to the, um, the FBI about... Um, so he's fully... Well, no, this is where you need to get into the discussion. It's quite... It's, no, because... details Well, in no, because... So, so, well, yeah, there is details. I shouldn't say no to that. So the thing is... So this has come out as he has pleaded guilty on the discussion he had with... I can't remember the, the gentleman's name. Um, I will look it up and find out during this. Um, so he has come out to say that he's guilty of lying about the discussion that he had with the Russian. Oh God, I sent you the link, didn't I? Look at that. Yeah, you got the link. I got the link. Uh, <coughs> let me open it up. I really need to find. I it. Russian I ambassador to the US. So Sergey Kislyak, I think. Go on for a second. Too many difficult names this week. Anyway, he had a discussion with him during which this all fueled out of because they've said that he's guilty, right? So yeah. automatically the discussion is into so the investigation is into collusion with Russia and the premise of it being collusion with Russia, which influenced the vote for the US presidency, right? Yeah. Now, the discussion that they had was this and talks sort of come out of it, he's basically said he lied about a discussion that he had with the US ambassador, which basically was around an impending vote in the UN to do with Israel, which a senior member of the Trump transition team, suggestion is that it was Jared Kushner, is had told him, convinced them to hold off the vote until Trump takes over. Yeah. Now, yes, this is wrong, and, and there's another point to go to this, because there is, and I, I need to find out, I will go into it, because there is a law that this the breaks. There, the yes, right. So it violates the law, and Trump came out today and, and said, well, no, 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 well, no, no, but Trump came out today and said, I fired him because he lied, but everything that he did was lawful. Well, not wasn't lawful, first off. He broke the law. Um, But second off, he's not actually admitting to a discussion that is the fundamental crux of, of this investigation, which is collusion, which leads me to think that 
he, there is there is so the reason so Jared Kushner is now up. So and when, when we first had this discussion, we were like, I think Mueller will probably look at the ones that he can get hold of now yeah. to get him into the as a, as a route to get him into the inner circle. Now I think for Flynn to take on, I'm going to admit this one, which is relatively small, comes with five years in prison. I think, which it's arguably he's going to get out of right. Yeah, which he's going to get out of right. It makes me think that when he's been interviewed. He's given them a lot juicier yeah. information yeah. to say, well, yeah. if I admit to this one, well, I'll give you this. Yeah. So then you've got the route into Jared Kushner. The problem is, is if they get a route into Jared Kushner to really investigate him and dig deep into the discussions he had, then there's going to be a lot more than hold off this vote. So this could be, for want of a better word, the straw that broke the camel's back when it comes to a way of him getting into to the inner circle here. I think Trump's done for. I don't think he's done for. I don't think he's done for because no, I, I, I hate when I say that because it means like I, I mean <coughs> I think Trump is in he's in trouble because everything just looks dodgy. You got rid of uh, you got rid of the FBI head. Yeah, but it's very difficult to do. So whilst he's in power, they need they it, it, for impeachment to take place and for him to be removed. They need to have viable evidence of his abuse of power, which you could argue he shows on a daily basis anyway. Um, but legitimately, they need to have abuse of power. This one is relating to stuff within the the run up to the vote, right? Which he wasn't in power at the time, so now there needs to be there needs to be a very tight tie for anything that they get that goes directly into him. If they link anything to him, he'll be done with treason. Well, no, yeah, but yeah, but to even link it to him. So now they need to get into it in a circle. They need to get to a point where they've got enough evidence yeah. to then interview him, right? And then they need to make sure that they've got diamond questions in there to get the right answer. So I can't see this leading to him being removed. I think it's going to be... Bob, it seems to be he seems to be taking the right route around it, but I think it's going to be very, very difficult if, if to, Mueller, to get there. If Mueller does link it to um, Trump and Free Krishna. Trump, there's no, it can't even, it won't even lead to impeachment. It will actually lead to him being tried for treason. Because well, no, that's why I said him being removed and yeah. not impeached. Yeah, and because mm. what they're planning, what they'll do is they'll say that he had Alzheimer's. <laughs> and I get rid of him. It's because of, it, it, Well, no, because they could hide that. There's argument said that Richard Nixon had Alzheimer's whilst um, he was in power. Um, uh, Reagan, Reagan was having Alzheimer's, was it Alzheimer's or Parkinson's? Yeah, one of those. And well, he had Alzheimer's at the end. He couldn't remember. There's pictures, with stories of Reagan not remembering yeah, Winston, sorry, I got the don't know yeah. Nixon, Reagan, but they've got yeah. Reagan, yeah. They're, they're pretty sure that that was existing whilst he was still in power. Yeah, so <laughs> I'm saying so, like <clears throat> Trump, Trump. The only problem with this is that, but I've I've seen the optics. Anyone else? It wasn't for Trump. Anyone else? Trump's like Teflon Don. Anyone else? The optics just look wrong. He, he came to power. The FBI, um, FBI general, um, lead FBI. I can't remember his name. Comey. Yeah, yeah. Was investigating. A seven He's, foot five giant. It was investigating. <laughs> Trump said, "Don't stop investigating." Then he gets rid of him. It just looks bad. Then when Mueller's doing his investigation, Trump's shouting, saying it's a witch hunt. There's no, there's no, there's no evidence of collusion. Fake news. Then saying it's fake news. Then Manafort gets arrested. Then Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Yeah, but there's so Papadopoulos is such a yeah, but these are these are so distanced from but, him. But Flynn isn't. No, Flynn isn't. No, no, Flynn isn't. But what? But this is what I'm saying to you. What? Yeah, but what Flynn has admitted to being guilty for doesn't tie to what the investigation is about, which is what makes me think that he's given them more juicy information. Yeah. But mm. even then, there is a difference between getting has to tie directly to a conversation. It basically has to tie to a direct instruction from, from Trump's from mouth that they can be able to record and show as evidence for it to work. Because 
Trump, look, Jared Kushner will still get thrown to the wolves. Yeah. Like, he's not going to let himself get taken out of power just because his son-in-law is, is up for, for grabs. Yeah. It's interesting. I mean, it's the first real movement they made on it, but I still think it's got. I think it's got a long way to go. And unfortunately, I agree that this could end to a second term, and mm-hmm. unless they can work out somebody who's actually going to come up with a. Uh, it's a, it, uh, it didn't all, the, all the people in the world, and they you can't find somebody. Up, you don't have a leader opposition there either. They can't. You can't build on anything. That's all right. So, they, apparently, they want. They still want Bernie to be there in twenty twenty. I'm like Bernie will be 83. Eight, it doesn't seem to make a difference nowadays. But eighty three. Um, stay Send Zuckerberg or Elon in. Huh? Send Zuckerberg or Elon in. <laughs> <laughs> Send Elon in, and we'll just transfer all the people we don't like to Mars. There you go. Boom. Talk about the future. Um, this week, Bitcoin. Bit, not this week. Bitcoin's been going on for ages. But well, no. This week's this week is different. This week is different. This is the this is the largest. This is the most volatile Bitcoin. Is it? So the thing is. People are going all a bit mad on it. So my stupidity is back in the day, literally like four years ago. I remember my, my um, not my, he's, he's married to my aunt. Um, was talking about yeah, I'm going to set up a computer to mine Bitcoin. I wasn't really paying any attention to it, and, and I should be in. I should have my head in my hands in tears right now because I couldn't go involved in. It. But <clears throat> fundamentally, Bitcoin spent years just doing really nothing, yeah. um, and now it, it's blown up to what it's in the last. It's gone a thousand fold over like the last 12 months mm-hmm. but it's now become more publicized for people to get involved in it now because more people are now getting involved in it it's now making it more volatile so fundamentally mm-hmm. bitcoin is a crypto cryptocurrency yeah. right now it was it, um, nobody knows who created it it's got a pseudonym that he, he works under there are their suspicions it was i think we covered it in an earlier podcast anyway um but it's super flowing up now, and now everybody's like, "I want to find my way into it," which for me seems a bit weird because there are other there are other ones. Ethereum is Ethereum. is running on about the same growth rate, and it costs a fraction of what Bitcoin is, right? And arguably, a lot of people use uh, Ethereum to build blockchain applications yeah. on. Um, so, so that could be a better. If everybody's looking right, I tend to think that you could go left. But Bitcoin here, I mean, it swung from it it went over ten k at yeah. the start of the week. Then it got to over 11K. It swung back down to, not this is in dollars, $9,200. So it lost about 20% of its value in about two hours. Um, and this is, again, because people are, are seeing it and they're buying in. That's, that's fueling it going forwards. It, everybody's saying it's a bubble because of the volatility. Now, if you look at it in, in ways of value when we've had the last bubbles, it's nowhere hitting near that. I mean, that was going into the trillions. We're still in the billions of this. Um, but nonetheless, I've looked at this from two sides. I'm looking part on it and going, well, it's so volatile at the moment. Actually, I, I, I'm starting to think that you're going to get increase of day traders if it continues on this volatility. Because imagine you get in at 9K and you, you sell out. Uh, I mean, nobody's going to go. People don't go and buy whole Bitcoins anyway. People just don't go and buy Bitcoins. Yeah. Um, and it's still in a position where it's very difficult to find people who are using it for trading. actual trading. Mm-hmm. Um it pushes discussion. I mean, see the CBE are introducing a, a futures option for it in December, but which I, should bring it more into the regulatory but the same, it's not world. Regula- it's not regulatory. It's not regulated. It's completely unregulated. It's unregulated. It's not government protected. So with your investment, unlike other things, you invest in money and like the share, the stock, the stock exchange and stuff. That's got high, it's highly regulated. It's got buyout rate as well. I think you can only sell two two thousand um, dollars a day of it. Mm. Okay. Sure. I mean, it's, I mean, don't get me wrong, and I'm not against it. So, so the fundamental blockchain technology, I think, is brilliant. 
and fundamentally what Bitcoin is based on. The problem with Bitcoin is they've created it and, it, and, and it's got a finite amount. And, and again, everybody's seeing the numbers and I've seen people say, well, yeah, I'm thinking of investing in this. And I'm thinking, well, if I was going to look into cryptocurrency, I would probably look at the ones, I mean, yes, you can buy in fractions, but now something is so volatile, probably lends itself some to, to day traders. Some people are saying, well, it's going to lend itself to fraudsters more. Um, I would arguably say look into the other one. I do think that cryptocurrency does definitely have a place just because blockchain technology is being leveraged. I mean, it's it's meant to be one of the next disruptors with regards to the technology arena. Um, so fundamentally, the technology it's built on, I think is good. It, it, it can't it can't continue with the volatility that it's got at the moment. Like like I say, it's far from being a bubble. And most of the investors, you look at the Warren Buffetts of the world, they say completely stay clear of it. But you can understand why people who are looking at areas to invest are looking at problem is is you're seeing the Bitcoin millionaires. You're yeah. seeing the ones who bought it for five dollars and now they've got it. Uh, <clears throat> the problem is is nobody it's very difficult. It's very difficult to explain what Bitcoin is. Yeah. And even people who have it can't explain what tangibly they're holding in their hands. Yeah. Um, but nonetheless, people are seeing it and saying, well, I want to invest somewhere. Where can I make money? Well, Bitcoin. Well, I saw somebody post a thing me. I've got 99 problems, but my Bitcoin ain't one up. Piss off. Like, shut up. Like, just buying into the whole thing. And now, where, where are you going to... What, what are you going to say? Your Bitcoin ain't one uh, at 11 o'clock in the morning. And then what are you going to do two hours later when it's swung around again? Like, it's... it's, it's I think it deserves watching, but I think it's going to be a busy seven days. And when they introduce the futures in December, I'm not sure what that will do for it because that kind of makes it open to hedge funds yeah. to be able to use it. That could change it. And there are talks of a forking to create a new cryptocurrency. It, I think it's going to be an interesting few oh, months. But I mean, people are saying it could go as high as 40, 40 grand a bloody Bitcoin. Okay. But the whole, I thought the whole premise, of, whole point of, premise of, of Bitcoin was that it's a future international currency, so you wouldn't need... To no, 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 futures, so you can bet. So from a stock no, market point of view, you can bet on futures. I'm not talking about futures, I'm talking about future currency. What I mean by that, I mean like, so you have, the dollar is a, is a US currency, you've got the British pound, the currency, and the whole, I thought when Bitcoin came about, it was supposed to be international currency. So no, bit, well, Bitcoin, yeah, it was brought about to be international only because of the 2008 crash. Yeah. So they wanted to have a currency. But let's be clear, the way that it's put together, I mean, you had little computer, you had miners yeah. who basically sat on there doing that, and you had a computer whiz who put it together. Yes, it, I, I think it was kind of fight the power movement, yeah. right? We're going to create this. Yes, it's supposed to be an, an internationally used or a cross board, well, a non international, it has no boundaries, yeah. basically. Um, but there is a degree of when you create something that a currency that only has a finite amount in it, you're starting to ask, well, but again, the underlying premise of it, I like. Well, I get, and and the underlying premise of it works. Now, imagine you come out with a regulated one that works, and you can log and track any transaction that's ever happened in that chain, ever. Because we yeah. can't do that. Because yeah. I can break uh, transactions in a banking database, but on the blockchain network, I can't. I can make an error, yeah. but I need to correct that error with a new transaction. So, what it's built on, I don't think anybody pays too much attention to that at the moment because it's just Bitcoin blockchain. You say Bitcoin is built on blockchain. I don't know what blockchain is, but I know what Bitcoin is. Somebody will tell you that. Okay, what's Bitcoin? Well, I can't really explain to you. No, exactly. You don't actually know what any of them are. You just know that it's an investment area. So mm. it's what it is. It's an interesting space to watch. I've been paying attention to it, not because I'm tempted to get in on this. I am tempted to see what is going to be the next cryptocurrency, which could be legitimately, not legitimately, but more reliably invested in personally. Okay, staying on technology. Um, this week, I never know where he's going to go with his segment. Mm. Is the problem. <laughs> Stay on technology. I was trying to plan this out. Uh, 
the UK, um, f- the UK authorities have, have um had fears this week about Russian um, spy software. Ah, oh, yes, yeah. So now I know where you're going with it. Oh, actually, yeah, and then we can go on to another one as well from there. <clears throat> so no, so I should have really known about this given I work in IT. But the so the British government have banned the the Security Council, and the US did this a couple of months ago, which I didn't know about. Have stopped them from using Kaspersky as their antivirus Ooh. for anything that's got confident. I didn't know about this. No, no, no. So it came up in the for the British Security Council this week, but the US did this a couple of months ago, and I mean the head of Kaspersky has said he will leave the country. He has no ties to Russian. Um, government and he will leave the country if it's going to call his his business into to play right um but that's a big move because a lot of people i mean i i was always a norton fan if you use that and windows have made big advances forward so a lot of people use the defender yeah. but at one point it was norton versus kaspersky and i mean barclays used to give out kaspersky yeah, memberships so with cool. their their um with their accounts so i found that and i completely didn't know about this and basically they said no one can really prove that there's any tie of Kaspersky to uh, the Russian government, but they're perfectly placed to be a Russian actor. That's I'm like, well, that's... Well, I thought this was... A, I, I can't believe I didn't know anything about this, but I actually thought, wow, that's... Uh, I don't... That, I mean, that, that we talk about logical leaps, aren't yeah. that, and that, I mean, that's the logical trip around the world. And and what if you if you set a precedent like that? What are you saying that every international business based out of Russia potentially you're not going to deal with? Kind of creeped with this before with RT. Yeah. Where they where they got rid of the, was it they, they didn't renew something for RT, and it wasn't just a bias. They were flat out saying it was just flat out the mouthpiece for. Russia. for well, Russia, well, the for thing Russia. is, I I, you when I say you set precedent, I, I do see. I can tie this back to reasoning, because. The WannaCry virus that came out yeah. earlier on in the year was based on an NSA piece of information where they have found the details to spread this, this new virus, right? And that came out of, well, seems to have sourced its way out of Russia. Russia yeah. So I think what they're saying is we can't be assured that... Because, hey, I mean, your antivirus does more than just keep viruses off your computer. It can tie into a lot of information on there. And that mm-hmm. all feeds back into central servers, right? <clears throat> so I kind of... I can, why am I way back to how they're making the decisions? Which means if you're doing it on that basis, you don't necessarily set the precedence that you're doing any Russian-based company you're going to stop doing dealings with. But you do argue we then get to a point where any Russian-based company, you could say, that has any business that is to do with any form of information, this then calls into them, well, am I being called into question? But as I said, the head of Kaspersky basically said, look, I'll leave the country. But then that doesn't really help anyway because you'd have to lift all of your operating out of the country. You can't just leave the country. You've got to lift everything that's operating in the rabbit. It's, but isn't this... Isn't this it doesn't send, send, send a dangerous precedent for Russian companies that are internationally trading with... Well, no, only if they're... But, well, no, because if, I, if you're going on the basis of they're tying it back to potentially the WannaCry incident earlier on in the year and, yeah. and other variable variations which came out of that virus then this would only be on companies that have information handling or transactional-based products. Okay. It w- I don't think... If, if they keep that as being the premise of the discussion, if they flat out say, well, if you're based in Russia, you could be colluding with the Russian yeah, government, maybe. then that, that, is, that is setting a bad precedent. Yeah, that's what I'm if they say that. But if they say on the line that I suspect that they're on, uh, then 
it that's shouldn't do that. Well, yeah, it's completely dangerous. Well, well, Putin will not be happy. If yeah, but it's, it's, people it's, in this country are not making money. That he exactly. can take. <laughs> um, yeah, it's, it's a dangerous. Um, all right, and it was funny. I talking about nine eighty four. I'm on the Guardian's um, technology webpage, and they're talking about capacity. And on the page, it says Big Brother's watching you, <laughs> watching YouTube. <laughs> uh, so yeah, linking this on. I can't actually segue to anyone. You could have really segued this. You could have been like, oh, if that, if, if, if they do that and set that kind of precedent, that could be like a missile to the business world <laughs> in Russia. <laughs> and then you could have segued to, wow, North Mitch. Korea this week. North Korea's latest missile test is even scarier than it seems. I'm reading headline just as, as I've read You're it. in our wide. I've, I've dug into this. So, um, North Korea, um, they've been doing missile, missile tests. Well, no, so they've been doing, they did a missile test back in July um, yeah. on, so the Hwangsong 14 missile was the one it that they did massive. in July. Well, no, so the thing is, so this is the 15. Oh, this is the 15. Oh, the 14 was the one. Really well, the, fifth, the 14 <laughs> one was the one that they did in July. Now, yeah. this one basically, the, the way that they work out. What they're saying from this one is this one could reach anywhere in continental US. Okay. Now, obviously, I don't fire something over to the US to see whether they can make it there. They fire it upwards, and then based on how high it can get, they will then make an assumption of what it could do if it flew a more direct route. So what they're saying is this one, I can't remember how high did it go up. I've got on, oh, Jesus, this is probably the page that broke my laptop before. Bloody Windows update came out, and these super sensitive mass advert pages. But anyway, it went up... Whatever height it went up, I've got it in one of the links that I had, is far enough for it to reach the US. It's got the same argument as they're using before. So no one really thinks that the uh, that North Korea cracked being able to send a missile to the US yet. Because the same argument has come back as it did in July, that a nuclear payload is going to be a lot more... Well, they wouldn't... Let's put it like this. They not. They didn't just fly a nuclear payload up into the sky and crash it into the sea, right? So the suggestion is if you had a nuclear payload, then it's going to slow it down. But if this could make it to the whole of continental US, then that argues that it could make it to some degree. Now, the debate around this, everybody still thinks that, what, they're kind of two to three years away. I'm like, well, that doesn't really help us with establishing how you're going to address the issue when it gets here yeah. because it's not a matter of if it's a matter of when yeah. um, and they came out with it's really weird because they have this certain woman who comes out and does these new board, news broadcasts when they've got important information that's released so she came out with this they're basically saying look we've we've achieved being a nuclear state we won't fire oh, this on North Korea has this yeah, yeah 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 it's the same yeah, I've seen the woman she yeah yeah and same. they won't come out unless anything does I mean they use uh, I mean they use what they call they refer to the US as blackmailers or something clearly they just do not like them um, obviously as we've seen but they do say that they won't they won't take action against any other countries unless they infringe on North Korea's interests however they don't allude to what any of those are yeah. and their interests are questionable at best so it's very difficult to work out, again, what could be the trigger that would force them to... Arguably, right... Yeah, it's looking out. Well, the problem is, is, is they're broken... So the, the global community have come out and been against it because they've broken sanctions. Now they're going to put more sanctions in. And I'm like, I'm getting to a point where I'm like, I'm pretty sure North Korea is as desensitised to sanctions as I am about reading them and breaking sanctions because the more you put in, the more they break them. The more they break them, you're afraid to go in because the problem is, is... Kim Jong-un is... is you, you, well, for want of a better word. You, exactly, and you don't know how he's going to act, so you can't go in there. And then you've got the ominous words of Trump who comes out and says, don't worry, we'll handle it. 
the, the problem is, is that um, North Korea looked around the world and seen every country, every dictator that had um, weapons of mass destruction. He's given them up. After, soon after they've given up the weapons of mass destruction, Saddam never had any. But soon after they've given them up, um, the, the, the America's gone in there and got rid of them. So if you see what's happened in um, um, Libya, for example. Gaddafi gave his nuclear weapons. As soon as he gave his nuclear weapons, there was no deterrent for the Allied forces to go in there, and they went straight in there and got rid of them. And Saddam, Saddam gave away all his, his chemical weapons away to um, to UN to UN Security Council, and they went in there and got rid of them. So if you're North Korea and you're looking at the rest of the world and saying, well, um, if I give my nuclear weapons up, if I stop, if I stop trying to get nuclear weapons. Anyway. No, I don't. So, I don't mean that because I think new, new, I, I think North Korea is quite a dystopian state that they live in. So from the outside, so they do sell the message to their people that this this country is great. They they do sell the message we treat you fantastically. They no, do sell the message that everything. No, no, no. What I said is they do sell the message that everything outside that is the devil, so to speak. I don't think this has anything to do, and and I don't think you can compare them to no, a, no, I think a, a I, Libya or an Iraq. Hear me out. I'm not saying that the the North Korean people might not know might not know that they're that they're not the best. However, the North Korean leadership must know that. They must they must No they do aware. know that, but they it's a power play. They're, they're, as far as they're concerned, they want to be equals to the world. Yeah, but it's nothing to do with I don't think there's anything to do with them being worried what happens if they give up. If, and not even if they give up their, their nuclear weapons, because that's not what this is about. Um, nobody's saying they're gonna go in there and take away their nuclear capabilities. What they, what this is is they're taking I what they have and being able to launch it to other parts of the world. But it must act as a deterrent, though, to the rest of the world. So, well, of course, that is a deterrent. Well, everything about the way that they act acts as a deterrent. That's, that's but, and, but that whole region, I mean, the response to this is South Korea started ran a missile test within like two hours of this. Yeah. This is how volatile it is. Yeah. Every, but everything in that region is volatile, and this is why that's a deterrent for. Everybody, this is why all the UN can do is make sanctions. And when they say, well, we've broken your sanctions, well, they don't really know how to deal with it because you can't afford to go in with somebody who's volatile who might then fire something at South Korea. And then you all of a sudden you've got a war there. You haven't just got unrest between the two parties. Then you've got a bigger problem to fix. So it's almost like better the devil you know and we just maintain a status quo, which is a mess, but is almost or not you, a manageable mess, but one that we can manage to a, avoid dealing with without causing or too many problems. Or the, or the alternative is you have a ginger, uh, a tanned orange man in the White House who just press the red button and nukes them. Well, I think that somebody got into uh, into his Twitter before this and said, let me just tweet, we'll take care of it before he tweets something worse. <laughs> because arguably, yeah, it could be a bit ominous him saying, don't worry, we'll handle it. But yeah. there's a lot worse that he could have said back. <laughs> all right. Um, I think, is that all the news this week? Uh, no, there's one more. One more. Come back to Britain. Um, GQ and oh, Corbyn. Everyone's seen the Corbyn. Um, it, first of all, it was heavily um, photoshopped. He doesn't look that great in real life. He's quite um, a grey, old socialist. And um, the news was that the editor of um, GQ um, actually didn't attend the. the but this was a fake news. The only reason it's on here, and again, this is this is partly half nearly makes it into. This is this is an example. Of, let me put it like this. This is an example of my best worst media of the week. Okay. People behaving in a manner that isn't... It's not really clickbait, because the GQ guy who, who causes the story that's coming out doesn't affect that. But I'm like, there's there's no... Well, actually, so... Um, he wrote a book for David Cameron, and he's got very close ties to the Tories, the, the editor who said this, right? Um, so I don't think it's any surprise that he's gone out and gone against Corbyn. What did he say? Dude, he, he turned up, he used he, he referred to him as turning up, and you can't just turn up in your anorak, you need to be ready for it. 
typical typical Sloan, uh, old in, as the old granddad at Christmas, having to be led around. And I'm just like, what is the point in the story? What is the point in this story coming out whatsoever? Apart from the fact that you weren't there, and then he falls to, well, I was just taking this news from the people that there. Then comes with the hit on, well, all of the young millennials who used to like him said they wish they hadn't gone to interview and met him because now they're underwhelmed by him. <laughs> like, this is pointless. It's just an absolute... Yeah. Point the story. This is the best of the worst media of the week. That's what I'm giving it. Okay, so new area. Best of the worst. <laughs> Staying on politics. Best of the week. Best of the week this week is quite interesting because of um, have you, most people would have heard um, the Big Shaq song, yeah. uh, "Man's Not Hot," and <laughs> somehow, somehow, it ended up in Parliament this week. Oh. I think Ben's got the clip. Yeah, let me oh. just put it out because this was. Have you not heard this? No. Oh, this was actually exceptional. Oh. <laughs> Waiting for it. Oh. Just waiting for it to play. But while whilst Ben's setting it up, yeah, it'll be yeah. Whilst Ben's setting it up, yeah. So it was a. I don't know who the MP was. I didn't even get a name. I didn't get a name. <laughs> she was re- she was writing about. Um, she was talking about the education system, and she went, "Was it two plus two is four? No, that's fine. Oh. I know. No, no, I'll play it. I know what it was. I was connected to my uh, to Alexa. Here you go. Here we go." Two plus two is four. Minus three is one. Quick maths. <laughs> <laughs> That's the bit. She didn't do two plus two. Minus one. Quick maths. Yeah. That's, that, someone <laughs> that is exceptional. That's someone Someone's who, trolling her yeah, in her some, team. Someone in her team is trolling her. <laughs> is that what you think? Yeah. You don't think she just thought this might be a good idea? No, I don't. I don't. I, really, I don't. I, I could see everything thinking. It's the quick. It's the quick math one. It's the quick math one it's that done it. Two it's, plus it's, two. If she stayed with that and not said the quick math, she just read it. She just literally just read it out. Out as written for her. I think she might have done this off. I'm, I'm just what would you, do you know? What would have been great for that, right? Is it the speakers in and after going scream back back? It's Fiona on a Sanya Labour MP somebody's written that so somebody's written, written that, that for what she's got to do right and somebody's obviously gone in there and said right this is this is popular at the moment I'm going to use it but I don't think she realises yeah, what she's using it. in the manner that she's used it I thought that was brilliant because everybody popped up because somebody sends me the female like Big Shaxx makes it into Parliament. I'm looking at it, and all I see is a, a, a picture of her on the thumbnail. So I'm thinking, oh, what's this going to be? I'm going to go into it, and someone's going to have done the, a video where he pops up in there or something. And they would have read it, and she actually came out herself. I was like, because up until that point, I'd put um, uh, Trump in there yeah. as best of the week. But this completely knocked that off his perch. Oh big big Shaq. So he's made it to various places right now, and all credit to him because right? he's a comedian and he sees himself as creative, and I think it's great what he's done yeah, on, on the platform he's been given, right? Yeah. But for him now to have made it into serious conversations, it's <laughs> hilarious. Um, um, finally, we, we're going to do light up for the week. Um, this week, um, we had C.T. Fletcher. Um, if you all don't know him, he is the big black guy with lots of tattoos, with a beard. Who shouts at people in the gym and motivates them to go harder? If you if you hear someone going motherfucker move, don't it. I can't do I can't do CT Fletcher. Nah, he's got a really husky voice. Yeah, I can't do it. But he was on the Joe Rogan podcast. Um, CT Fletcher had a heart attack in June. He had a second heart attack, and 
was talking to, to Joe Rogan this week and he was detailing parts of his life. So did you take it away? No, I, just, I only put it on here because I think it's all, so, so so there are various podcasts, obviously, well, I say various, numerous podcasts that Joe Rogan does. Um, I just found it a valuable one. I, I, I thought it was because right. he goes through, um, when he goes into the detail, I haven't seen his documentary, but he goes into the details of his upbringing. So for instance, he, he never dad. got on with his dad. He dad and he goes into a point at one point where he's like, he he asked a question and he'd had to ask the teacher something and she said no for a valuable a valid reason mm. and his dad said oh did you ask this and he got he said all he said was no and didn't get to the being able to give the reason for it and his dad punched him in the nose mm. I'm like whoa that's like I mean you can all be brought up in in difficult home but that flat out is like for difficult the, upbringing plus the fact that he's because he's had that heart attack back this year yeah. but he's always had heart problems yeah. I mean at one point he references in there and it's the part where most people have found the story if they go back to is when he was going out on stage for powerlifting and told look you could basically blow up your heart out on that stage right there are you sure you don't want to do this and he was like yeah fuck yeah like if I'm going to go out this is the way I'm going to go out so there's some I mean there's a reason because he's like I'm always surprised when people say that they listen to me but I think it's one of those stories where one he's got that voice which comes across as and, and, he, and he speaks completely differently on there soft. as to what he gives Very out um, but I think there's value to a story of, of something like that yeah and um, yeah, I like CT Fletcher. I thought I thought that the interview with Joe Rogan was, um, was very good and very poignant. Um, and he, yeah, he he didn't he just didn't understand why people like him. Well, I think CT the reason why people like you is because you give them fuel. You give, like you're saying, fuel the same things when I hit hip hop in the gym. It gives me fuel to go harder. So shout um, salute to CT Fletcher. This week, Ben, you've been reading. Uh, but this week it's been it's been interesting because normally me and Ben talk throughout the week and he tells me what, what book he's reading and we like he's and this week he's like well Josh I think I need to read more poetry and like read more fiction books and I was like so Ben are you trying to be more cultured and he was like so then and then and he was like have you read nine eighty four I was like no I've heard about nine eighty four I think everyone's heard about nine eighty four so Ben being Ben's read nine eighty four he's nearly finished it. There's like, there's like an hour left. So, 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 because it's not that I want to be conscious, there's a reason. So, poetry is always, a, you hear a lot of people um, speak about it, is a way to increase your vocabulary because of the nature of what I do. And when I listen to, and Tim Ferriss as well, reference it quite a lot. And a lot of people, when you're going for it, it's like poetry is not one of those things that you pick up and mm. you connect to everything. You might go through 50 poems that, you, that have no influence on you whatsoever, but then you come across that one. Yeah. So I'm like, and I don't really spend much time going on poetry, and I've read through, and that was useful for me because I've got a poetry book on my on my shelf. I've got one poetry book up there, one, which is pretty shocking considering there's enough up there, right? And I did feel like that. You read it through, and I'm like, these aren't really connecting with me. Hmm. So that's why I went for poetry. 1984 was like I haven't read enough literary literary, literary classics for my own liking. Yeah. And again, a lot of things, and again, this came out of Tim Ferriss as well, and I can't remember he was interviewing somebody else, and they were like. It gets to a point where you're, well, this is for me anyway. It gets to a point when you read non-fiction books, everything, once you start to understand certain fundamental principles of, of life in certain areas, you can write a book a million different ways, but it always ties back to the same fundamental core principles. So I'm like, there are certain books that I'm reading and I'm like, these are just telling me the things I already knew. So And then I was like, I just haven't read, and somebody was like, there's a lot that you can tell from not um, from fiction books which have underlying messages that make you look and think about things a different way yeah and then there was also like i just haven't read enough of the literary classics anyway so i should do. i mean i read well a few months ago i read crime and punishment by dostoevsky 
which is super hard to read right because it's got so many Russian names in there and it's really hard to just it doesn't help the fact that I read it at speed so it, <laughs> that that confuses you a bit but that brilliant book like first psychological um, thriller is for one of a better phrase well no, I think that's what they refer to it as anyway um, but that's brilliant I mean, it's like a 16 hour book but that is a great read 1984 is, I mean, everybody referenced that, and it's got so many terms which come out of it, which now, and I, I said to you earlier, so many different films, you can tell, have taken their ideas of the premise out of this. Um, I, think it's a, I, I think it's written really well. It's one of those books on audiobook as well, where they found the per right person to narrate it, okay. that just, it almost gives a perfect performance. But it does, it, I mean, I don't want to really ruin the details of the story for people. And I think most people know the overriding and urgent story of it. But it does. I am going through it, and there's certain things that you question. I'm like, just we're not in that type of dystopian society, but we're not far away from it. It's not that we're not that far away from it, but there are many components of it that we have in this day and age. I mean, there's, so they have the te they call them the telly screens, which is basically like your TV, but they can watch you through your TV. Like literally everything that you're doing can be watched by Big Brother. Um, but I'm like. Well, and I think it was on No Agenda I've heard this, but they were like, why'd you put these listening boxes in your house for to be able to pick up everything you're saying? Yeah. Arguably, my Alexa does that, right? Yeah. Picks up everything I say. And arguably, my TV, that my, I don't do it personally, but people tie into their PS4s and spend, what, 60% of their time on there on a camera, which then plays back to somebody else, right? And, and all of our messages that we get come from right. social media. When we talk about our, our, our kind of vacuums that we live in, right? I click on one thing and then I'm just re, I'm just reinforced those same messages. Mm -hmm. Unless you take the, the, the decision to actually think outside of that box yourself and force outside of it. So we're not in that society, but I'm like, there are so many things and aspects in that voice are so poignant today when you read that through it to a point where I'm kind of reading it and I'm laughing, not in a... Almost in an ironic way that I'm like, this isn't too far from the but truth written, of where we are. It was written in 1949, or published in 1949, so it's probably written before then. And it's just, it's crazy that so many things that he wrote about and so many things he discussed, we had in 2017. It's like, the guy. It's the concepts of them, though. It's not yeah. the exacts of them. Well, yeah, because even the, exact, yeah, like the, even the 1984, he, that, because it's an authoritarian state, I mean, you re when you're reading it, I mean, he does say it, he's like, it could be 1984, but you can't really tell the date right now. And when you're reading it, in my, at least in my mind, I'm picturing 1940 streets, like just post-war, um, as if there's been no advance since then. And everybody, and they do say in a perpetual state of war, arguably, and again, this is another point in there. There's an argument that they, that the wars that go on in the book aren't real, and they're just there, but perpetually they exist um, to create a way to control society. And, and, and again, arguably, every time that they change something, if something changes, they go back and they rewrite history in the books. So they rewrite all the books so that none of this stuff ever happened. And I kind of, yeah, there's so many things that are poignant today in that. I, I, there really is. I liked it. It was a great one. We actually had a discussion this week about liberalism, which I don't think we've got time to get into today. We, 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 but we, there we, is. We've got 10 minutes. Well, because... Well, he's a liberal as well. So well, no, because my issue isn't with liberalism. So you put it up and I said... Liberalism is a political and a social-based construct, right? Yeah, and yeah, the okay. wider point for me is, is not, because you said, people consider themselves to be liberals and they're not liberals in the sense of the word. And I picked up earlier, Claudius, that you said you are a liberal in the fundamental principle sense of the word, which I, I get. Which making you, a distinction between, because people are classical liberals yeah. and I'm not. And because, I mean, that, that essentially moves towards 
Now it almost moves. I'm not saying it does, but it almost moves towards Tea Party-esque sort of shouldn't even have a... Estate, yeah. government. And I'm, that's, that's not where I am. But that's, li- that's libertarians. But classical liberals move closer to libertarianism than someone who just says they're a liberal. I'm not a liberal in the sense of I'm a left-winger, but I'm also not a... Um, I'm, I'm, well, I think, I think liberals really accent in, in reality, through history context, they should be in the middle. They shouldn't, they shouldn't be on the left, they shouldn't be on the right, they should be more on the liberal. If you're a libertarian, then you should be on social issues, on government. You don't believe in government, so you should have a small government and a, a, a small state, and people, the individual should be paramount. When you come to the left of social government, you have... It's what people get confused. Cause people, get confused. people think A lot of people that are on the left think they're liberal, but they're not actually liberal, they're more... But that's the Americanization of English. Because America has two parties one that's not called the Conservative Party, when they say... Con- Someone explained to me nicely, but I can't articulate it as well. But basically, when we we always have to differentiate in England. We always have to say small C Conservative or big C Conservative. Okay. A lot of people who I meet now, some of my best friends that work in the arts as well, are left-wingers. But a lot of them are actually... A lot of them are small C Conservative. They're yeah. left-wing Conservatives. But they're Labour supporters. They, they completely believe in, they believe in all the left-wing ideals and they're helping, but they have very socially conservative the problem is, views. I the problem is that if you believe you're liberal and then you vote, if you vote Corbyn, he's going to go against your liberal ideal, ideals because of, the sta- because of the state, for him to do what he needs to do, he's, he's talking about the majority of people and the, the liberal ide- ideal is, is that an individual... The idea of the individual comes before the idea of... True, but I'm, I mean, people can be socially... Some people are going to... Because he's on civil liberties, which is probably the core of where a lot of liberals are now. He's actually really good. If you look at his record on civil liberties, he's really good. He, he does, if that's where you are, rights for certain people. He does it. It might not be in... Because, it might not come from the same place as, say, a Nick Clegg, and that would make some people laugh. I'm comparing the two, but... It might not come from the same place, the idea of personal freedom or personal responsibility, but it gets you the same result in so much as you do, overall they do go for, for, for kind of freedoms. I'm not Corbyn Zimmerman, by the way. No, it's just that I just think that um, like when the Tories came in, when Cameron came in, um, what he did do, a lot, of the, a lot of the stuff that they did when they went and cut a lot of the fines that the Labour government were giving, especially for drivers, that's for a liberal look, look at that and say, well, the Tories more have more in, in I have more kind of... Oh, yeah, I mean, look, to be clear, liberalism is dying. Yeah. I genuinely, I just my gen- genuine opinion, people don't... The, like no, the, the actual idea, because the word's not dying, because I think the word's been, like you said before, but the word's no, been this is, so this, I was going to let you go into your conversation, yeah. because I wasn't too, but I'm, I'm not too, uh, I'm, I'm relatively not pres- prescriptive, I'm, I'm not sensitive, and I don't actually care about the actual political um, components of it. This was my thing, is that, well, you say the word's not dying. Well, no, the, the I think the idea, I think it's the flip turn around. I think the idea isn't necessarily dying. The idea is only being followed. The idea to to its core can still be followed by the same people who followed it before. Actually, this made me think of a discussion tying it to one we had a couple of weeks ago about free will. <clears throat> and so, let me use an example of free will. So. But we had the discussion of free will. Is free will? If I have a thought right now, or I lift my arm right now, is that my free will, or, or did my it did the actual <laughs> equation that happens <laughs> there? Well, but but my my yeah. thing is yeah. But tradition. But then when we think of free will, free will when we want to think about it nowadays is if I've got a decision of which is a yes or a no, 
then my ability to choose a yes or a no or act against a law, let's say, which I don't want to, that's my free will. So if you take away the neurochemical equations of it, which could argue it, and the reason I bring this up is because we create new words nowadays, right? And I've been thinking more and more about this is, our, so we add new words to the dictionary. We create new language which gets introduced via Twitter that then makes its way into society. Yet we still use... Fundamentally, I'm not saying all of it is wrong, but there are certain components when you can use a liberal as an example, right? And I can use free will as an example um, for, again, arguably social constructs. Therefore, we are coming up with them. These are words that were created in a time where the context of society was completely different. So I know that sounds kind of outlandish, but I feel like we're in a place where should we not be not, not I'm not saying rewrite the dictionary. But if we're going to create new words which come in which are completely pointless and are introduced mm. because they made their way in via the Twitter sphere, should we not be considering the legitimacy of the current words that we have and definitions and terms that we had, have within our language and society and determining, right, we just need to be clear, a liberal is this. Now, if we don't have a word for something, because the problem is, is in, in the absence of doing that, we get, and this is why you get right wing and left wing. Because you get liberal, you get conservatives, and there's this gap in the middle which didn't exist in the context of society when we came up with these words, right? But we've never filled that gap. Yeah. So then you just fill it with a blanket word, which is left-wing and right-wing. Yeah. Which is what then happens is this grey area, where a lot of people reside, have to fall in to this blanket area, right? Which is why you get, and I'm using left-wing and right-wing as an example, which is why you get people branching left-wing which aren't left-wing. Yeah. They may yeah. not be liberal, they may not be conservative, but they're not left-wing. But exactly. you couldn't branch them anywhere, what? so you chuck them in there. And the same thing happens with right-wing, and that's why right-wing is not what it should be, where it's down with these white supremacists. You've now empowered the word more, so you've given them this grey area, yeah. and now right-wing has got... And this is why people are like... Well, and and it, it gets compounded worse, because if you're not against right-wing, then you must be right-wing. And now we need to directly connect with these areas which we don't really understand the definition for. I think we were fine when we used to just call people liberals or conservatives. Because I think that more accurately puts people where they are. Conservatives tend to be, we know from from some sort of, I don't know if it's neuroscience, but some sort of studies, conservative people tend to favour things like tradition, reluctant to change. Liberals tend to be on the opposite of that. Left wing and right wing tends to just switch. If you talk to most people, they're right wing on some things and the left wing on some. They're big yeah. government yeah, yeah. on some things. And yeah. yeah, but, but you can't be that. You can't be that now. Uh, no, you can't. And again, crazy this is. To me but yeah. we are introducing. We've reached a point. We're introducing new genders into the world. So I get what you're saying about yeah. it. it used to be yeah. fine. But if we get, and I'm not arguing with us introducing new genders. Yeah. I'm fine with yeah. with, with yeah. The, the the gender Pronouns. politics and that goes on and and identification of it. No issue with that. What I'm saying is that is a clear sign that in the society we are, we are taking a swing. Now, what worked 20 years ago may have worked 50, 60, 70, 100 years ago. But what worked 20 years ago is not working now because the way that society works is not the same. Therefore, contextual-wise, some of these words that used to be we used to be able to use and used to be applicable, we, we could arguably still use now, but we can't still use because we have reached that point of... People can't associate... People have lost the meaning of the original word. They just have a high-level idea of that. And then they tie you into what that is, which is why, again, everything has become... Well, I don't really know what a liberal is and a conservative is, but I know what ties with left-wing and know what ties with right-wing. And I can't... And you can't balance across the two. No, 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 no. I'm, I'm saying, hypothetically... I, oh, that's yeah, what I'm saying is people I, don't know them so yeah. then they say I only know that this is 
what people associate with left wing and this is what's right wing. I, I, I remember I went to this years ago, I was at this girl's house, and I say, gosh, older than me by some distance. And we got into a really, I didn't mean to get into a heated debate, but we got into a very heated debate. We were talking about left and right. And what was her point? Her point was <laughs> she's, die, she's a diehard Labour, Labour person all her life. I was like, well, why? And she's like, well, I'm left wing. I was like, what, what does that mean? And she was like, I'm left wing. And I remember saying, and this is probably going to an argument because I was a bit condescending. I didn't mean to be. I was like, do you know what left or right means? I hate like, when someone then, de- answers the definition of something with the name of it. <laughs> and then she said, don't talk to me like that. But then she followed up with trying to explain it. And it was crazy to me at the time. And she was in her 30s. I remember that. I wasn't. And I remember thinking, whoa, this is crazy. She said, yeah, left means good. What? <laughs> that's what she said. Yeah, that's oh, left but means but that's good. That's what she wasn't talk. stupid. She wasn't any, she wasn't. That's what people even talk. When you think about history, you can't, if you put it in She was like, left yeah, means. If you're part of the right, you're part of the right. And people, debate, people right do debate like that. I've seen people say, even in our WhatsApp group, yeah. I've seen certain people say stuff like, well, why would anyone be right wing? Yeah. And I was like, oh, well, maybe they just believe in like a smaller government. I don't believe in that, but maybe they do. And for them, that's like, no, it's because they're either racist or. But and if you're left wing, it's because you're good. It's because we got because of, yeah, but and the same, like when you talk about like on the spectrum of left and right, we historically we um, people that we fought against in the world wars, they've been far right. If you're on the right side of that argument, you're seen as evil because it's just been it's just people. Most people like we were having this argument this week. Most people are. You, they're, they're ignorant and they're lazy. They're, when but, it comes to the discussion... But if there is a death of liberalism, by the way, it, it, if there is a dying of... Because uh, I think the actual concept and ideas of liberalism just isn't conducive with where people want their social politics to be. So... Free speech isn't... I'm, I'm close enough to a free speech absolutist. I just don't believe words can hurt. That's my honest opinion. I, I, I think it's crazy to even suggest that they can. That's just me. That said, I get that some people say that they feel real trauma when they hear when they hear but certain think, things. But that's I, not conducive to society. But I, but I think much of what, like what Ben was saying, like on the set, on the, and I don't, we don't we're not getting into sexism now, but I think we're, we've swung so far left on free speech is that eventually it will come back to the middle. I think we've had to we we need to we've needed to on the idea of free speech and it's idea of liberalism that it has it has to swing so far left so that eventually it'll come back yeah, to the right come back yeah to but the this is the problem and i don't even like using that in the argument i don't like talking about that we've swung that far left no we haven't so we've introduced so we have reached the point we you need we need to bring around to the fundamentals of what it is is that we have children growing up in a different society now now there was an argument and again i'm not going to get into the specifics of it but there was uh, a speech that a woman was at and she was arguing for transgender uh, well equality basically and she said well can't it's 2017 surely we should be able to associate with whatever gender we want well I'm not really sure what it being 2017 has to do with the nature of biology and, and how and I'm happy with it and, and, and how people identify themselves in that point of view. But this is what I'm talking about. In, in, in liberalism is a di- is a different thing, and left wing and right wing. The fact that you just you had to use those references to describe the challenge that we face is the problem that I'm referring to. Is that I feel that we don't have the language to deal with the challenges of the context in society right now. If you use gender, for example, I want to use gender, even though it's. Volatile, it shouldn't even be volatile, but even though it is, and liberalism, 
liberalism would say that if 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 even if there was no even if there was no scientific or biological basis, let's just ignore any of those things. Let's ignore if people genuinely do feel that they're, they're in the wrong gender. Ignore all of those things. Even if none of that existed, someone has the freedom to be whatever they want to be. That's liberalism. Yeah. You, you don't actually have to justify it because you, you being an autonomous being is enough. You can do it for yourself. Problem is, there's people who are coming to that from a very different. They're, they're, they're agreeing with the liberals on that, but it's for very different reasons. The reasons that they think you should, should do that is because there's. They almost mask it with well, it just mean it. That's what progression looks like, and that's a that's a that's a very different. That's a very different point, and it, it it's just a coincidence that these two things are converging, and that seems to be happening all through through liberalism you see it on i'm a, a clearly i'm an ethnic minority you see it in minority arguments where liberalism is starting to argue with certain things that people are saying that ordinarily you think that those two things would always be allies because that's what people assume well the liberals always always gonna be allies yeah until you start saying that if someone says something about hair they should be they should lose their job Okay, yeah. Then at that point you're on you're on completely opposite sides. Yeah. But because their their default position is ah but I think I'm being progressive, and so now you're uh, so liberalism has to be on the opposite side. If you get what I'm saying, it's hard for me to articulate, but I, I kind of get what I mean. They they they're basically warring. Liberalism starting to war with things they never used to have to. Yeah. And I don't know if liberalism will survive this century. I, I don't. But if it doesn't, it's scary. No, but I, but I don't, I don't I think, think it, it can't not because for me, the fundamental principles are, are still there. They still exist. And this is why I'm coming. And the reason I think you're struggling to articulate, which you're doing a very good job of, but the reason we struggle to articulate these is because, I, again, I feel that we lack the language to address the challenge yeah. that we have in the context of this time. It's a very different time. We, this, this is a very different time. So the, the whole of the 1900s, and you're the one who, by the way, just when you're looking at me, you're the one who said, oh, don't worry, we've got 10 minutes. And I said, this is going to be a difficult discussion because <laughs> you didn't know where I was going. With this. Um, but for me, this is a very different time to the 1900s. If we go back in history, and I'm not a historian, right? Mm -hmm. But they and and if I look at the different periods of time, they used different language. It changed. These words such as liberalism and conservatism weren't created in zero one BC, right? Yeah. This t languages have changed over time, and at a certain point in time, ah. society changes. There, but but we're still ah. Good, but we're still in, I mean, in historical terms for the past 200,000 years, we're in we're essentially modern man. But I mean, literally in the past, say, post um, period of enlightenment, everything that we see now is a result of liberalism. Everything, yeah, but we're, but we're getting lost in the, the, on the matter. My argument is not against liberalism here. My argument no. is against we fail to have the language. Because this is why but I'm saying that language. Because I'm given. Yeah, I get what you're saying about language, but I'm saying. Or whilst it wasn't there in zero one, that was a, that because, was an arbitrary number, by the way. That was a yeah. So what I'm saying is, the second we had the concept of being a liberal, there is a sea change in society. So society looks a certain way. It's basically it's a part of society. I don't know if we need. I don't know if we need another word. I genuinely just think we're moving away. No, but I don't. Yeah, but I don't. Yeah, but I, again, I don't. I don't argue. Yeah, but what I'm saying is, I'm not arguing because I think I don't think my point is getting lost. 
is that I don't think we need a different word because you said we could lose the word. I don't think we need the word. And I think the principles still exist for the word. What I'm saying is there are new ways of behavior that people display that does not fit the word or description, therefore needs something else to be able to describe but it. What do you mean? Do it shouldn't by, but by but default. But then they're just not... But the word, the word I think people are using, I've heard it in America, is the word progressive. But you, instead of saying they're liberal, they're progressive. So you have the idea that you have liberals on one side saying, and the other two arguments are warring each other. Because if you have the idea that if I say to you, if, if I say, if I comment on your hair and work, then I should lose my job. That goes against the liberal idea. But that's the progressive idea will say that, well, we have to go there because that's, that's a natural progression. That you should be able to say to a black person, oh, can I saw your hair? Because... The, the liberal person says, I should be able to ask you that question without you feeling that it's going gonna, it's gonna to hurt your feelings. But the progressive idea says that I shouldn't have to go to work feeling that you, I'm different, any different to yourself. It's, it's those arguments. People can, people can just lose. I think people want to call themselves liberal when they're not. I, I, yeah, but, yeah, but this, is, this is the point I'm making. I think that people use it because they don't understand the full meaning of it, but they need something to associate with. And again, this comes out to... I'm not arguing about the principles or... Like you're liberal. Yeah, but, I mean, yeah, but yeah, and maybe it is. But this is why I introduced the free will component into it. Not yeah. for the argument of free will. For the concept of what we traditionally view and, and the, the, the classic true, yeah. definition of the word, plus in, equal to how we see it in society nowadays are two different things. And I'm not saying we introduce a brand new language. What I'm saying is, if we're going to be in a society where we can just introduce into the Oxford Dictionary new words which have come up from the internet and Twitter, then why are we not actually taking a look at areas where we clearly do not have necessarily the right... And I'm not saying we don't have the right definition for liberal. I'm not saying replace that word. What I'm saying is, if we identify these gaps where it's almost becoming insidious to society because people are trying to associate themselves under some kind of banner, whether it be political or anything else that it be, right? But they can't find... They can't meet the natural definition, but they can't find an alternative word for it. Because that's why you get... People think... uh, Maybe they are saying that they want to be liberal because it's the cool thing to be. But then you could argue with them if you go and ask them well break them down and you, you, you may be better condescending to them and say well what is a liberal and they can't answer it and you ask them and it turns out that there's something else which isn't a liberal but isn't a conservative well then they're lost in this world of where we, we live in a society where you need to be something you need to have a title nowadays I'm not saying that's right but you need to associate with a group nowadays we're more tri- we're not, I'm not going to say we're more tribal than we've ever been but we're more internally tribal as in as opposed to the old school way of it so somebody wants to be defined as something and I'm not sure in the absence of us reviewing taking a look and and, and a, a sensible look at the word what we leave is the gap open to come up with labeling which again has an insidious effect on society because it's incorrect labeling it can be offensive labeling and then again it all fuels down or we can't label them under anything in which case we look for the broader one and i use left and right wing as an example only because they're the the easiest ones for for comparison to use because it says well I, you can't be a centrist so <laughs> i'm going to chuck you in right or left because i have to chuck you somewhere yeah. whereas in reality you shouldn't need to chuck me anywhere yeah. i should be able to have whatever view that i want which is where you fall down and, to liberalism and, and right but this is yeah. and this is why i use that i only use this as an example of this this kind of challenge that i see i agree actually with everything i was wondering do you think that I think that people I, I actually identify themselves more with their political ideologies than they do. See, I don't think liberalism is a political... This is what I mean by the Americanization of our language. I don't think liberalism really is... I don't think there's a political contract. I think it's a social be, be, yeah, contract for me. 
And but I think people. So one of my good friends will say that he's a he's a die-out liberal boy. He says he says he's a liberal. He did one of these um, I side with yeah, yeah. in detail kind of things. Yeah. And it was interesting looking at his at his results and asking well, what what did you pick? Most of the stuff he picked, even though he still came out, he didn't come out Labour in there. He actually came out UKIP, and the reason he came out UKIP. Which surprised him because he's not, he doesn't consider himself a racist. Yeah. That's how he defines UKIP and for whatever reason. But totally believes in a death penalty. He's a really harsh um, sentence and doesn't particularly believe in any sort of high taxes or anything. Like he believes in very, very low sort of taxation. So he's going to be on the right. But in his head, he's done two things. He said, one, I'm black. And two, I think I'm, I think I'm really liberal yeah. because it just That's sounds like I'm supposed to be. And I also think Labour are really liberal, whether you think they are or not. He thinks they are. So he's he's mixed up a social ideology with a political one. one. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, like my mom, for example, is if you ask them, we had a long conversation. She probably say she, she actually is quite liberal on some things. Well, I'm also hella conservative, man. Yeah. That's, like, like, that's, that's like most people. Most people, yeah, but this is their, their social and political ideas. It, they usually conflict. And maybe there aren't parties that actually link up with the social ideas yeah. Yeah, anymore. Yeah, yeah but this is, but this is, the, but this is when it comes down to people need to have a label. So, do you know what I am? None of the above. I'm none of the above. Yeah. I'm me. I'm exactly me, right? Yeah. And I don't associate myself with any of the parties. I'm I'm, there are certain terms and policies that I will agree with, with some of them when they come out, but I don't tie myself to anything. And again, I think in a lot of instances, people kind of look at it. Like, I think I was reading, I can't remember, I think because I, I read Christopher, Christopher Hitchens' book this yeah. week as well. Oh. Um, and he says a word in there, that I, it's a conversation he's having. I don't think it's his direct quote, but um, he says in there that people are born into their race but a lot of people act like they're born into their religion. Now, politics is a different example 100%. of that. But religion is a choice, just like politics is a choice. But you do get to a degree, and race is not a choice, right? It's just not. It is what it is. Um, but you do get, and, and um, politics is not as strong as uh, religion is, of course. But you do get a lot of people who feel that they are born into a political party. Therefore, they need to define themselves like that. But again, at the same time, you find people who, we have discussions where, People need to be under a label. And I'm like, but they don't need to be under a label. You don't need to label me. You can label me whatever you want, mm -hmm. but I don't need to be labeled something yeah. for my own self. And and, and again, politic, political identification is just an example of that. But you see it across everything. You see it in school playgrounds. You see it in teenagers when they need to be associated to a group. We see it more in society because social media builds these discussions where worse, people... It, and this is, and this is exactly what I'm saying. Yeah. Everybody yeah. needs to associate to something, but we're not coming up with the necessary groupings or definitions form of that. I feel that we need to review the, not the language wholesale, yeah. but look to whether there's gaps that we need to address. Eventually we'll catch up. That's why I think. I think what what's happening right now. Everything that, always eventually where, catches up, as yeah. whether it's on time or not. Yeah. Usually we're late. Yeah, well, I thought we're going to be late, but I think what's happened now is that we've, because we've had the invention of social media, it's moved so so far. So we move more into um, echo um, vacuums and echo chambers of our own our own policies. Everything. So it's the way other algorithms work is that it, we type in something, it reinforces our views. We go into it, pushes us in that, the same direction. We go into those echo chambers. We we then find people that that have the same viewpoints as us. It strengthens, it emboldens us to go further into those identity politics, and then we say we're this, we're that. Yeah, but, but then reality, yeah, but, then, but, then, but, then, but, then, but yeah, but my reality, 
what's happening if with all three of us, all three of us, if someone said to you, what are we? If we couldn't, most of us would say, we're, we're not anything. We're, no, we're, but that doesn't make, yeah, but what you're saying is that you think we're going to fix it, but you've just said that that, that is, it's, it's like compounding interest. It's a compounding problem. But I think, we, it's, but, not, it's not, look, it's but, not looking but, like but, it's got a solution but, but to I think, it. But, but, but I think we look at, and I'm using myself as an example. If, you, if I look at my, if I look at my Facebook, um, five years ago, or my tweets five years ago, I was social justice warrior. I was NSWJ. I, I was literally a left wing person. That um, if someone says who do you identify with, I say I'm a I'm a stark Labour supporter. And in the last five years, even it, and and what's brilliant is I'm doing a podcast with two people who have heavily influenced my way of thinking. Oh, both of you are both. I think both of you are both brilliant minds. That's why I enjoyed. The, that's why I'm enjoying doing this podcast with you. Both of you in have have influenced the way I analyze things, and I think. The more I've listened to podcasts, the more I've spoken to people, is I think I've been able to break away from that way of identity politics, and I think that's that will eventually keep on happening. As more people break away, and I'm trying to make it break away from yeah, that way. Yeah, but of I life. think it's I think it's much in the majority. So, so I'm in the minority. Sorry. So if you look at, for instance, consumption of podcasts. It's not. It's not large in society. If you look at people who are trying to get out of their echo chambers, it's not large, and it's a compounding problem. If you're saying, "Yeah, I just have to click on something on Facebook," but the problem is, is then someone agrees with me. So if I didn't look for a way out of this in the first click, and the problem is, is you're talking about algorithms. A lot of people ask them what an algorithm is. They don't yeah. know. They're clicking around Facebook. They do not understand that it is putting stuff in front of them, and and, and every click that you get compounds the algorithm that of, of what pops up in front of you. So I. Guess Get what you're saying, and I get that people will seek to get themselves out of it. My my fundamental concern here is is that I think that exists in when I say minority, not a small amount of people, but a small amount within regards to the whole. Okay. Now, if this is a compounding issue, then it almost needs to get to a breaking point before people decide they need to take action. Now, usually, what we face is the problem is we tend to try and take action at a point in time where if you, if you do it too late, then how do you fix it? If you've, yeah. if you've infected everybody's mind with these same... Or, or not, 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 I wouldn't say a virus of ideas because they're not all bad ideas, but if, if you, everybody's mind has been infected with these wholesale ideas that they share as their group, then how do you break that group think once the group gets too big? That's the question. Which is something we have to move... I mean, from everything from we've seen in the past couple of years, whether it's people's response to Brexit, people's response to Trump, the tribalistic sort of, I don't know what you call it, but this drive towards tribalism, to me has been scary to watch. I mean, when the, again, same girl, I had a long debate with her on everything, spoke about Brexit, and I voted Remain. She didn't vote for very peculiar reasons, but she's definitely a hardcore Remainer, and she also was looking at the American election and Trump won, and both of her responses to that to me were just weird. So her response to Brexit when Brexit won out, I wanted to remain, I was like, really sucks. This is going to be a really scary time, I think. Her response was, I don't know if it is, but I hope it goes really bad. And then her response to the Trump thing was, yeah, I hope this really eps up America. And I was like, there is no part of me that wants it to be bad. The, the, it's not a gang game. Like, when I looked at Brexit, I wasn't like, I wasn't voting for something against someone else. I genuinely just thought Remain was just the better yeah, but, position. Yeah, but all this but is for her, it was like, it was war. It was like, no, I hope it goes, I hope the country falls off a cliff and then they'll learn their lesson. That, but she lives here. 
<laughs> yeah, but they're, yeah, but they're, they're, they're all talent. So, so and there's people reli- who are Brexit yeah, but religion, yeah, but religion, politics, social media, any social construct that you want to think of feeds a fundamental human desire to be part of a tribe. Now, when we didn't have all of these contracts, constructs, your tribe could be your local tribe. It yeah. could be your country. It could be your race that you're from. Yeah. What we have nowadays is, especially with the introduction of social media, is we introduce more mini tribes that you can be part of. So it doesn't in in any sense of the word surprise me that people then therefore associate themselves with these mini tribes and it gets worse. And this is my thing is, in the absence of having the right definitions of what, what you can associate yourself with, then you look to what is the closest. Yeah. And as you look to what is the closest, where you go, well, I'm not quite this. And so let's use your example, yeah. right? I'm I'm seventy five percent this, so I'm going to associate with this. Then I'm going to start searching for more stuff for this. Yeah. Then I'm going to have my views compounded. Six months down the line, I'm eighty five percent this. Two years down the line, I'm a hundred percent this. Which and this is what I mean. You didn't really have this problem as much before because you could associate with these groups, but it wasn't like we had access to yeah. y- your conversations would fuel and compound your ideas. But they could not move anywhere near as fast as Google and Facebook and social media can. Yeah. Alright, guys. On I told that, you it wasn't going to be short. Went in. An extra, uh, twenty-five minutes. I actually quite enjoyed that. Um, I want to thank special thanks to um, Claudius for for joining us this week. Hey, thanks for having me. Um, it's been a very enjoyable um, podcast. Ben, any last words? No, no. I think it was good, Claudius. Good to have you on. Um, you're welcome back. Yeah. Whenever time you feel like it, I will let you know. You guys know in advance when I'm about to send us down a rabbit hole next time because <laughs> the thing is I introduced it as liberalism and you thought we were just going to talk on the minor topic I and I was like in more. my mind I'm going to blow this up so you say I'm about 10 minutes we don't have 10 minutes so no apart from that I think it's been a good show I think uh, the light it up section I think what's good about that is uh, obviously we kind of put stuff on there but when we open up conversations and more to me as well when you have because the, the CT Fletcher stuff I told you when I think about it, we were going to speak about it and this is why nowadays when we're talking about stuff I'm like I don't really want to talk about you about anything about the show yeah, yeah. until we go into it because mm. it becomes almost scripted and forced yeah. whereas the one the liberalism one I'm like let me introduce you guys this because I know this is going to go somewhere you ain't expecting it to go and I think that made a really good conversation so now I think I think good show um, I hope that everybody has a, a great week actually speaking of the light podcast we should just point out there's a super moon um, yeah. you're going to probably hear this on Sunday so it's actually there's one tomorrow Sunday evening strangely the time where it, the so the super moon is basically when the moon reaches its closest to Earth on its orbit. Um, strangely enough, the point in time at which it will be its closest to Earth is eight forty-five on Monday morning. So <laughs> I'm not going to see that because I'm going to be in the office. Um, I am tempted tomorrow night to go up the road to Addy Paddy because it's got it overlooks the horizon, so I might go up there. So if you get a chance to listen to this before that, then go mm. and enjoy the super moon tomorrow. Um, but apart from that, no, it's uh, lights out and and good night for me. Good night, guys. Um, thanks for listening. Um, don't forget to subscribe and rate on iTunes and all other podcast um, platforms. And that's it. Check out the Facebook page as well. Check out the Facebook Come page on, you've got to well. fix your, your sign out. Yeah, <laughs> I'll fix out. And with that, lights out, people. Peace.